It's a cool drone. Let's send it to Iran. Let him let it land over there. Act all like it's like a lost or oh, lost puppy, and keep put a bunch of gear and crazy things in there that that you know says weird stuff on like you know thermal imager, and it's got like some crazy circuit in there. It's really an old you know Z eighty computer or something. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Sunday, December eleventh, two thousand eleven. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media assassination episode three six four. This is no agenda. <laughs> Observing central casting in action here at Camp Mofo in Austin, Texas, the capital of the Lone Star State. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, hey, a drone just landed. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn and Buzzkill. In the morning. With a stinger. Hey, now. Where'd that stinger come from? Now you always ask me that. That's when you, I, no, I don't. Yes, I don't think do. I've ever asked it. You yeah, always I, ask me that when you hear the stingers because it's all separate elements. And then if you're short on your little intro, and then I just hit this one. You know. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. But the music is still running, so then you sometimes you get the stinger. See, people no, no, think this is all pre-produced, like we spend an hour before yeah, no, the show putting it together. We, we, nobody, well, people must think that, but what's this, can you just play the stinger standalone? Well, it's not a stinger, it's this whole thing oh, here. You're pl- oh, I see. It. See? Now, I'll, I'll explain it to you, right? I know how it is. So this just runs and runs and runs. Runs and runs, and you go, I'm Jonesy the Bug, I'm the Bug. And then, you know, crack button, buzzkill, blah, 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 here comes the stinger! Yeah, that. See how it works? Da-da-da, da-da-da. Yeah, that's the one. Now, you don't hear that anywhere else in the world, by the way, that stinger. That, that, that music is never used anywhere. I like that. Yeah, right. I've never heard anything quite like it. Astonishing. <laughs> it's really, it's funny. I found it. Must it, have been written for us by Beethoven. That's <laughs> <laughs> Who was a knight, by the way? <laughs> Beethoven wrote our stinger, and then and he, and the bastard sold it to Apple and put it in the Garage Band uh, sound loops. So anyway, hate that guy. <laughs> in the morning to you, John. In the morning to you, Adam Curry, and in the morning to all ships at sea and boots on the ground and feats in the air. And, of course, our human resources who uh, once again have faithfully shown up and represent a quorum in the chat room, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. That's right. Uh, you're all charged up, ready to go the way your government loves you. And uh, uh, I just want to start off today, John, because I've got some I, I'm going to go out on a limb this show, I th- think I have to out on a limb. Yeah, I think I have to. In the first half of the show, it's the whole show, man. I mean, could you just agree with me? No, that, that the, <laughs> now you will agree with me. The people who run uh, our world are insane. In what way? Just in, they're insane, especially in America. Well, our, could our, our well politicians, insane. Our, yeah, our politicians are insane megalomaniacs they're just insane so what's your point i just want to make sure that we agree that that they're insane they will do anything well if you it depends on your definition of insanity but i would agree with your overall view of things okay that yeah, we're just they'll just do anything to convince the stupid slaves to go along with their program by the way on today's show uh, I'm happy to announce that you will uh, be witness to a an actual uh, consulting presentation from the uh, Curry Dvorak Consultancy Group, as we will be presenting um, the uh, the strategy 
for uh, the Obama administration for the next year. You do you you know about the meeting, don't you, John? I didn't get the memo. <laughs> well, you're in the meeting. You're in the meeting. We we will be presenting to uh, the as president. long as I'm in the meeting. I don't care. Now, you're in the meeting. Of course, you're in the meeting. You got a very important job in the meeting. Yeah, I'm the other half of the consultancy group. <laughs> That's part of it. Yeah. Well, you bring a, uh, you bring credibility. You know, Professor Jean Claude de Varac. Do you have your little glasses, like the little professor glasses, for the meeting? Pince nezes. Yeah, the, that one. Yeah, pince nezes. We need it for the meeting. You know, we've talked about that here at the house about getting pince nezes for the family. Really? <laughs> because it'd be so cool to have. You know, the the ones that pinch your nose is what it means. If you're yes, cool, don't French. know it in yes. French, pince nez. And you you pull the glasses. You have to. It's just like a pair of glasses with no uh, legs on them. It's just you pull them apart a little bit, and you dr- yeah. gently drop them on your nose, yeah. and then now you, then you read through them usually <laughs> in a haughty manner. I think I think a monocle is better for you actually. Well, the monocle. The problem with the monocle is you have to hold it. No, you can with just the, hold it with your with your eyebrow. Right, you just kind of squeeze. Oh it yeah, down. there are some that you can stick in there, and then yeah, you can grip it with your with your uh, facial uh, muscles. <laughs> yeah, that would be. I think the monocle is good for you. Monocles are yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think those are pretentious. You think? <laughs> and the pinch nez is not. <laughs> no, I, I guess it is too. Hey, um, right off the bat, uh, and we almost got through the entire show uh, last week without talking about uh, Alec Baldwin. Uh, I want to give props to our uh, PR maven, uh, Lois Whitman. Did you see her YouTube video? Yes, it's great. <laughs> Lois Whitman, who uh, is a professional PR expert. And by the way, I'd ne- I've never met Lois. Uh, she uh, she really works very hard to try and get press for the show and is always complaining that we're that we don't do anything. She's like, we have yeah. no talking points. Yeah, you guys are we boring. Don't have any theme. She's always <laughs> bitterly complaining about the, the, we have no hooks. She's a, you said, you've got to pick a fight with somebody. Said, what do you mean? Got no hooks. Yes, I'm, I'm calling out people for Lucifer, for evil. No, it's not good enough for her. No, no, no. You got to have a hook. Uh, but, but she looks and she sounds like, I mean, if, if you were to say, show me the quintessential New York PR mega mama maven, Lois Whitman is it, right? She well, she definitely presents herself that way. No, she's fantastic. I I, I, I mean, I've never met her, uh, but I'm I'm in love with her. She's very likable. Oh, easy, I can easily understand why. So she puts out a YouTube video which had exactly one view when I saw it. The <laughs> two now, the PR Maven, one view, uh, and she uh, doesn't do very good PR for herself. No, nor for us. But it doesn't matter. We love her. We're impo- <laughs> we're impossible clients. Oh, there, she, there comes a letter. Oh God, now I have to listen to it. She's like, I do everything. You guys suck. You don't have any hooks. You guys suck. You got no hooks. You're no good. You don't give me any heads up. <laughs> you don't send me bullet points, <laughs> clips. All right, here she is about the Alec Baldwin uh, uh, PR stunt, which is, I just love her for this. I can't believe that there are still people out there that do not understand that this whole Alec Baldwin, Words with Friends, American Airlines, and now 30 Rock was not a staged PR strategy. A brilliant staged PR strategy. This did not happen by chance. Here are the clues. American Airlines would never upset Alec Baldwin to the point where he walked off. It just wouldn't happen. The captain would run out of the cabin to go get him. A flight attendant would not 
want to risk her career by throwing him off. Do you know how many times... I'm on American Airlines, and the flight takes off, and people still have their Nooks, Kindles, iPads on. Let's get real. They did not pick Alec Baldwin to make their point. This was a staged situation. <laughs> of course, the only link that Lois failed to make is that this was about Words with Friends, which is owned by Zynga, which is going public uh, next week. So, of course, she's right. Um, and I'm, I'm a little PO'd that we didn't, like, call it immediately. I think it was so obvious that we were like, hey, whatever. Yeah, we've been getting a little uh, lax. Yes, we have. Laxadaisy. In fact, I remember one like, we've been getting a little laxative. I remember <laughs> uh, I said something to somebody uh, in some email exchange and pointed out this was a... Oh, about human rights. Some of the, or yeah, that, that maybe it was that, maybe it was something else, but this is happening a lot. And they say, oh, it's so obvious. You know, what are you telling me? So, tell me something I don't know. In other words, a lot of, including ourselves, are taking a lot of the, uh, these things for granted in ways that we wouldn't have done maybe three years ago. So I, so I, I took this as a call to action when I, when I saw this from Lois. I'm like, you know, we really have to be more on the ball because I believe... As true media assassins, this is what people like about us. And this is why, yeah, you can call me a conspiracy theorist, whatever. But I think people like the deconstruction of the media. And <clears throat> so uh, on Thursday, we had uh, Attorney General Holder testifying before uh, the, uh, the committee. And I have uh, several uh, clips that are, it, I mean, it was dynamite. John, we could not have written this better. It was dynamite stuff. Did you see any of it? No, you know I was going to clip it, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we have to get into that because it's just this, you know, they're really going for this guy um, at the same time. So it's really Republicans versus Democrats. And uh, in fact, I will play this little clip from uh, Ted Deutsch, who I think his I think we're just mispronouncing his name. I think his name is uh, Ted Douche. Uh, he's a Democrat, and so you know everyone's about this fast and furious. There's memos, uh, email, personal emails, holders refusing to give. I mean, it's just ISA just accuses him of all kinds of amazing stuff. And then, of course, it's time for a, and and you know I, I think they're all a holes, left and right. But uh, it's very clear what this fast and furious program was about. It was to um, get American guns uh, out of hands of Americans, and uh, you know nothing is more obvious in in these types of settings where, yeah, there are some serious questions, but most of the time the senators or the congressmen will uh, start off with a statement, which basically is just a PR thing, right? Generally. Um, there is uh, a trafficking statute. If Congress would pass that, consider and pass that, I think that could help us as well. Um, Support for that regulation this that is Holder, of course. that deals with um, long guns and the long sale guns. of them uh, over the course of you know a five. What are long guns? What's a long gun? I have no idea. Is that a rifle? Is that a shotgun? Is that it any- could be a rifle or it could be a a, a gun that travels around. It could be a, it could be a reference to something this in, oh, insider gun. Yeah, yeah, good point. It could be a lot of different things. Yeah. All, all of these things, I think, would be would be helpful, and I, uh, a more protracted dialogue about what the nature of the problem is, which is a national security threat oh, to the United national, States. Well, long guns, national security, long johns are national security threat to the United States. Um, you know, it, 
it's not only the executive... According to the shill, by the way, it's a high-powered rifle. That is a long gun. ...branch that has ideas that I think could Why be... Why didn't used. he call it that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure there are great ideas in Congress as well, and to the extent that we can identify them, work on them, um, and do so in a way that's uh, respectful of and consistent with the Second Amendment, I think that would be very useful. Uh, I agree. I also uh, would suggest, General, that it's worth broadening the... General, you hear that? How he says general, not attorney general, but general? This yeah, is, I, I, this is disconcerting. It's annoying is what it is. He's not, yeah, he's not general, he's not an attorney general. general. Yeah. This debate to, uh, to within our own borders as well. well yeah. uh, I think we it go. is worth noting that 100,000 people a year in America are involved, are shot in gun violence. How many people die in the bathroom in America, John? What's the number? I don't know. Oh, I thought you'd have it. Hey, you're the you professor. Ask me a rhetorical question. <laughs> you're the professor. Well, we all know it's a lot. <laughs> How many people die in, in car accidents? Oh, that's tens of thousands. 32,000 died from gun violence last year. 20,000 American children and teens children's. are shot every year involved in gun violence. Oh, they probably deserved it. Every day in America, 270 people in America, 47 of them children and teens, are shot. And every day, 87 people die from gun violence in this country. Uh, we, uh, this is a very important hearing, and this is an important discussion about uh, this, uh, this uh, operation, the investigation that you've started. Uh, I think, unfortunately, the debate that we're not having often enough here is one about gun violence in this country, is one that acknowledges the fact that law enforcement officers in our country uh, now need to carry assault weapons themselves in order to match the firepower of the criminals who carry assault weapons. <laughs> so, of course, the, the debate is not at all about a big cover-up going on. It's about uh, assault weapons. We have to take away long guns and assault weapons. So, you know... And, and By the way, I should mention, you mentioned Ted Deutsch. Douche. 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 Yeah. Uh, he is a massive gun... Uh, anti-gun uh, Democrat. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Misidentifying uh, weapons to scare the public. Exactly. He's out of Boca Raton. Oh yeah. So, um, so you know, almost out of our playbook. If we had the consulting contract, which we don't, uh, we have to create some distractions to uh, you know to, to turn to focus everyone, uh, particularly anyone who's watching C-SPAN and has a, a DVR. Uh, away from this uh, cover-up which has been taking place. And we'll, we'll be playing some clips later on in the show. So two things happen. Uh, one, which uh, kind of blew me away when I, when I uh, Googled the actual location. We had a very strong earthquake in Guerrero, Mexico. A 6.7 magnitude earthquake. Guerrero, Mexico... It, you know, is uh, is where all these mayors keep getting killed. It's like one of the biggest uh, drug gang violence uh, towns in Mexico, where, of course, most of the almost 70,000 weapons were smuggled in by the United States authorities. Um, now, you can take my theories on uh, earthquake uh, mechanisms and machines for what they are, but I, I think that is an incredible coincidence. I think not. So that's one. But what really slayed me was this Hollywood shooter. Did you follow this at all? Did you follow this at all? Yeah, I was thinking of getting a clip of the guy up on the balcony. Okay, so 
Well, so there's a guy on a balcony and shoot, taking a video of this guy walking down the middle of the street with mm-hmm, a gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I felt that this was some sort of an anti-gun thing too, and it was it was really played up by Don Lemon. So I have on. the I have the clip of Don Lemon with this guy, the 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 videographer. His name is Chris Johns. Now, first of all, when I so I'm just I'm just watching this, and this actually came by on uh, on TV. And the thing that I noticed immediately, this happened at the corner. Or the intersection of Hollywood and Vine, uh, somewhere between 9 and 10 a.m. Friday morning. And I'm looking at this, I'm like, first I said, that can't be Hollywood and Vine. You know, I, I live not far from, my daughter lived two streets up. I mean, this is, this is, it's a very famous intersection. That place is packed with traffic between 9 and 10. It was empty. Okay, it was almost empty. A couple of cars going by, and we've got this crazy guy uh, shooting, and we see it from a fourth-story window. So the first thing, I'm like, it, that can't be Hollywood and Vine. I mean, it just didn't feel right to me. Just because of the lack of traffic. congestion. Yeah, there's no, I mean, come on, it's Los Angeles. There's no traffic. I showed it to Miss Mickey, too. She's like, no, that's bullcrap. And she actually thought she saw a, a roadblock somewhere. Then the news comes out that um, people thought this was part of a movie because there was a movie uh, being shot uh, like one or two streets over, uh, Sean Penn movie, I believe. Uh, and I thought this guy was an actor. Then and that would make sense because there were a number of people to the left as the guy panned around that were coming toward the shooter. Mm-hmm. And they would be the classic uh, pedestrian, well, let's go look at them shooting a movie right. uh, crowd. And there's, they're everywhere, those people. So you know where I'm taking this. I'm going to assert that this entire thing was acted, and I have so many data points to prove to you. So a couple of interesting things happen here. Uh, first of all, there's no blood. Uh, there's, you know, we have the guy, he's lying on the ground, if you've seen the pictures, with a white sheet over him, not, not an official uh, NYPD or, or NY, uh, LAPD or fire department thing. You know, it's like it's a white sheet. It's an actual white sheet, the one, like the one they use in the movies. The guy has been shot to death. Uh, and it's you see the silhouette of his body, but there's no blood anywhere. They said, well, it was an off-duty cop who was guarding the movie set, who heard the shots, arrived on the scene, shoots the guy. But when you see the picture shot by Associated Press, you see like a female cop with a shotgun hanging over the guy. You see another you know, all cops everywhere. It's like, it's like a total movie set. And I'm listening to this with Don Lemon, and I get really suspicious about this uh, Chris Johns guy. Listen to this. I, I looked at the video, and you said, hey, over here, look over here. Why were you, why were you trying to get him to come? You were asking him to shoot at you. So <laughs> my head swiveled. I'm like, really? So this guy's hanging out the window, and he's calling for the guy to shoot at him. Did you come up here? Yeah, I, I thought that I made a calculated uh, kind of... Uh, He's struggling here. He made a calculated... Uh, I think this guy was the director. This is my f- immediate thought. I'm like, oh, this guy was directing this whole scene. Comparison. I thought if, if people uh, down there at point-blank range to the shooter were going to get shot, you know, they really had... They were kind of helpless to avoid being killed. You know, me, I'm four stories up. If I could take any of his attention and divert it towards me, you know, any gunshots that he would, you know, that he would shoot at me, I would have an opportunity... To, uh, to get out of the way. So I thought, you know, oh God, right. yeah, I don't know. I just made a calculate. I just made a calculation, and I thought it was it was a good one. Mm-hmm. That any now. any uh, attention I could take away from 
the people in the street, you know, it, it, put it put it on me. I could uh, I could probably save my own life and save other people's. Now in, wait in for it. It's wait unbelievable for it. that nobody died in this, Chris. When not really, if it's fake, uh, it's a fake scene, Don. You know, there were people who were injured. He was shooting point blank at cars, and he was holding the gun. Explain to the viewers how he was holding the gun, sort of hiding it until the cars got right upon him. Why? Now, why, the, why, yeah, does, why is this detail even asked? Oh, I was yeah. baffled by it when he asked it the first time. Explain how he's holding the gun. Yep. And when you see the red car drive by, he shoots at the red car. The windshield explodes outward. And they interview this guy, Don Reed, who was a retired sound engineer. And they're interviewing him in the car, and he still has a headset on. Like an honest-to-God headphones. I'm like, that's weird. I mean, you drive around with your headphones on in the car? Or just giant headphones? Yeah, he had headphones on. <laughs> and he's a sound engineer. I'm like, okay. All right. This is yeah, good. he's holding the gun kind of uh, methodically and mechanically, kind of grazing around, looking for kind of, and it looked like anything that was moving. You know, you can see the red car goes by, pop, he shoots it. And I, I'm screaming out anything I can. You know, I told now, him wait for that it. he was an angel sent uh, from God to, to kill me. I said that was what his... Why would you say that? This is so now I'm like, this guy is really weird. So let me investigate him. But there's one more little tidbit that Don Lemon brings up. Mission was so I, you know, I was, I, I, I would stop at nothing to kind of get his attention and, 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 and get it towards me. I mean, luckily nobody died. You know, I, I don't know if, if I could have done anything more, but I wasn't at any moment uh, afraid uh, of somehow being shot or killed or, or wounded. I just, I was worried about the people on the street and I, and I had a much better opportunity to, uh, to avoid death at, from my vantage point. He actually did engage you in conversation, even asking you for ammunition and did he ask you for another gun? Or you know, he was so, so now like, and the, you can hear the guy say it. He says, you got any ammo? Because if you're out of ammo in the scene, of course you want to ask the director <laughs> if you're out of ammo. So I go looking for this guy, Chris Johns, and I find him. He is uh, a self-proclaimed multi-millionaire film director. Uh, he is on IMDb. This, of course, is never brought up in any of these uh, little uh, little ditties that he's on. He just moved to uh, Los Angeles uh, two months ago. Um, from uh, Michigan, and also the uh, purported shooter uh, also you know, just started his Facebook, just started his Twitter. He did like three tweets, you know, all from December 6th, just started. Uh, apparently, this uh, Chris Johns is a producer of the uh, 2012 release movie, He's Way More Famous Than You. Uh, he's an executive producer in this, and this is IMDb, in the cast, Ben Stiller, Jesse Eisenberg. Okay, so this is a huge movie. I'm like, oh, this is a very interesting fellow. Let me look a little bit further into him. And then I find his YouTube video channel and listen to this. Over 70% of Americans who make over $250,000 a year in surveys have said, you know, they don't mind paying an extra 3 or 4% in taxes. I have some great ideas, and I want you to take a look at it at wedontmind.org. So wedontmind.org is essentially propagating the message of uh, a democratic message, certainly, but without a doubt, the Obama administration message. And this guy, now, now listen to his practice run, because he also uploaded that video to his YouTube channel. There are over 4 million households in America that earn over $250,000 a year. In surveys of people with these incomes, 
65 to 70% of people state they don't mind paying a little extra. We believe that we can target uh, those 65 to 70% and the other 35, 30 to 35% that do mind to work together to promote economic growth. We are calling on the top 3% of Americans to get involved. Now listen. I got to keep it's going to take a lot. This is not the one that makes it exciting. It is the call to action. But. Oh yeah. So he's a he's a, a marketing uh professional. He's talking about the call to action for we for what is it uh uh what's the name of the site again? We don't mind.org. So I look into this guy. We don't mind.org which was also just registered on the 29th of October 2011 registered to Chris Johns in the Biontel building in Michigan. And uh, turns out he has a couple other domains, such as bidetforless.com, which sells a, uh, a hose you attach, I guess, to spray your uh, private area after pooping or whatever. I guess that's one of his side businesses. And he has phildate.com, foxtrotindialimadate.com, the free Filipina dating site. And then you go look at the uh, at the purported shooter, this guy who now has uh, three names, uh, Tyler Douglas Brem, and his mother is a Filipino. Well, I'm just saying these are small coincidences. Yeah, I like the way you're pu- putting this together, especially after you start off with the earthquake machine. With the low, no, with Lois's thing, which is showing Thank a you. PR stunt. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, the lack of the listener up for the fact that there's a lot of bogus crap going on, bogative. Yep. And now you've you've developed this. Uh, I'm not seeing any holes in it. You're probably right. Well, something I'm, I'm well, bring it home. Something fishy. I'm going to bring it home. Right. So apparently, there's one guy was parked on Vine or Hollywood. I think it's Vine uh, in his Mercedes, in a high end Mercedes, and he was shot in. Well, some say the neck, some say the jaw. Uh, he is being he is being treated. Uh, he's surrounded by his family. Police are not releasing his name, and he's being guarded. Why? Why? Why don't? Why are we not allowed to know his name? What is and that? Why is he being guarded? Why is he being guarded? Thank you. Then yes, keep the media from talking to him. KTLA goes and interviews a whole bunch of what I think are actors at the scene. Listen very closely to what the Asian guy says. It, it'll be a little tough to. A Filipino? It could be a Filipino, could be Korean, I can't tell, but I immediately thought, oh, there's the Filipino connection again. Listen, so first there's this crazy kooky guy with a beard and like crazy, you know, he's like, uh, he looks yeah, kind of like, saw, I saw that. like the guy from uh, Scooby-Doo. <laughs> he looks like that guy. Here we go. Bam! Wait, can you say that again? Bam! He was picking people out with his... By the way, you can hear the news guys saying, can you say that again? Can you say that again? Say that again, man, because I wasn't rolling. Say that again. Bam! He was picking people out with his with his pistol, walking up the street, random people at will, and he was just bam, bam. At sunset in Vine, paramedics worked desperately to save a man shot in the neck by a gunman who lays dead in the street nearby. Witnesses say LAPD officers shot the man who was firing the handgun after he refused to surrender. So I dropped below the Mercedes so he couldn't shoot me, and the cops ran up from the back and told him to drop whatever he had. Several, sh- times several, several times, several times, several times from different officers. Which is, it's, it's absolutely not true because you can watch the video. There's yeah, we th- watched the video. The guy's out in the middle of the street. They they take a couple shots at him from long distance. 
And he's and he nowhere stumbles. near anybody and else. And he stumbles. And he gets hit winged or something. Yeah, he, he limps stumbles. around. And yeah. then they get on the uh, CNN, they cut it off. Yeah, and then you see the, the Associated Press picture with, like, the female cop with the shotgun hanging over him and, like, the shooting. And he's still alive on the ground. This now, here comes the Asian, uh, the Filipino guy. As well. And then they shot him. About 10.30 this morning, the yet unidentified gunman began walking north on Vine towards sunset, apparently at first firing in the air, then targeting pedestrians and drivers like Don Rydell, who was narrowly missed as he drove by the shooter. Oh, this is the guy with the headphones on. So you drive by. And this is what happens. So I don't know how close that came to me, but yeah, pretty, pretty close. close to you. So God was looking. You can hear the, you can hear the, uh, the news reporter prompting him. Yeah, close to you it's close to you right close to you because you know the guy's a little old so he needs his lines king down on me today <laughs> the critically injured innocent bystander shot by the gunman was rushed to a hospital as stunned witnesses described the rampage the shooter shouting and firing all around him he was running over there and he sh- i heard a, yes, yeah yes on the ground yes i said two shot pack 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 and he's shouting and running allahu akbar he said allahu akbar now did you hear that I could barely understand him talking about somebody with a deep accent. Listen again. Listen again what he says the guy was saying. And he's shouting and running, Allahu Akbar. He said, Allahu Akbar. He says he's shouting, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. He says, (laughs) 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 Now it's getting ludicrous. Are you kidding me? The guy was not running around shouting Allah Akbar. So they pulled this extra in to say that. And if you if you Google it, every, there's news story after news story now, of course, because this guy was obviously, obviously a lone wolf terrorist. And with guns, we got to get him off the street. Whatever you do, whatever you do, please don't take a look at what's going on in uh, in Congress. Please. It's very, very important. You don't see anything. No, 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 no. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. That's what's happening. Total acting and i guarantee you in 72 hours we'll never hear another thing about this at all we're never going to find out about the guy who was shot you know unless there's a reason i guess for them to pull it all out but it's just not going to happen it's not yeah, going no, to happen it sounds like you've stumbled onto one all right now do you want to hear the holder stuff yeah I, holder is uh, is a classic so <laughs> remember at the very beginning we talked about oh, this actually in- i'll tell you what before we do the holder stuff let's thank our executive oh, okay good idea i'm sorry yes we have a couple don't we yeah, we do. Yeah, good, uh, good, we good, have good. one that came uh, in, over the transom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually a couple. There's another one, like two of them. Um, let me get my sheets because we had some checks come in. And uh, we also had a couple of late donations, which will not be included. Um, oh, that's too but Let's bad. start with, uh, I said we do have a, on the birthday list, you're going to have to add another birthday. Oh, okay. Uh, so remind me when we get to that segment. Right. First of all, we have a new night and the executive producer for today's show is Richard Scott Bagwell of Boiling Spring, South Carolina, who gave us uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Woot! Woot. Hey, we pay bills. He says uh, in a letter, I humbly submit my petition to become Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable to listening for more than three years. It is past time for me to do my part. De-douche me, please. Absolutely, my friend. <laughs> You've been de-douched. Along with the knighthood, I'm requesting karma for my current work situation. It's a long story, but so I don't want to bore you with the details. And I'll probably need it to last longer than a week, please. <laughs> well, I'm not sure we can do that, but here please is your karma. Happens. You've yeah. got karma. We, uh... Oh. 
He's actually in Spartanburg, South Carolina. It goes without saying, and I'll say it anyway, you provide the best podcast in the universe, and it is much appreciated. Well, it, your support of the best podcast in the universe is support. It is appreciated, my friend. That's awesome. And uh, he, want, he has a couple other notes at the bottom. He doesn't want us to read, but he, he, he wants me to send him one of the bumpers. Which I one? guess so when you're driving in his car, we're sitting there talking with someone. Is just play the bumper. Which one? Which one does he want? <laughs> well, let's see what he says. You know, and I don't Can mind. You please send me an old bumper. You used to play occasionally. It's the phone rings twice. Kettle. This is the pot calling. Uh, it's an old classic. I haven't heard it for a while either. Hello, kettle. This is the pot calling. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> by by your by your command, sir. Yeah, if we put it on the uh, link to it, we can he can just download it. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll make sure it's in the show notes. Absolutely. Okay, then we have a bunch of exec, uh, associate executive producers. We have one, two, three, four, five of them. Uh, Ken under Tari North, New South Wales. Merry Christmas from Dread Hold and on. Tari. It, uh, it you bailed out there, Ken Alexander. Kenneth Alexander. Kenneth Alexander and yeah. Tari, New South Wales. Oh, hey. Uh, Merry Christmas from Dread and Tari. I will drink several pints to your health this Christmas. <laughs> and that's when you need to donate, my friend. Yes. After and the then pints. You need notes when you're, when you, after you had these pints. <laughs> yes. Uh, he needs some karma for his home brewing. Oh, oh, very good. You've got karma. Good deal. So he's, he's in for 250 Noel Malinowski in Winnemucca. Winnemucca. Nevada. Uh, Nevada at 250. I'm not sure this is a lot, but I wanted to ask anyway. I was hoping you'd give this producership to the memory of my cat, Snuffles. Of course. Okay, so Snuffles gets listed as an associate executive producer. He died on 12 8 11. I was wondering if I was able to purchase a knighthood in his. <laughs> <coughs> In his name, or if it's only allowed for humans, we have to have a meeting. <laughs> well, if it is I'm allowed okay. to expect both, I don't know why not. You got pussy it's, boots. It's, it's a posthumous night, yeah, so it doesn't okay. really. It's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. if it's not. He is okay. I also get a knighthood for myself and name him a squire. Thanks for considering my <laughs> odd request. I just figured it'd be a good way to preserve his memory for all eternity. It's a good idea. Thanks for producing the best co- podcast in the universe, and I wish all of you and yours a very safe and happy holiday season. So it's so. Shire Snuffles. Who will be a, a, a producer? Yeah. Okay. All right. Sure. Uh, Frederick Gagnon in uh, Wasaga Beach, Ontario, uh, 222.22, sending in a note. This is a check that came in. I've been a boner for far too long. Please accept this donation to help you through the holiday period. I only ask you to give me some karma to help me find a new tenant. No. Oh, absolutely. You've got karma you know gender listeners uh, looking to rent a one-bedroom uh, apartment in wasaga beach can look for my ad in the berry section of craigslist and kajiji is it's the one with itm in the title <laughs> okay that makes sense okay so <laughs> well we're gonna need that kind of stuff a sustainable network of um of places to stay and uh you know yeah and, we and need places those safe houses yeah safe houses <laughs> when we're on the run safe house network exactly telling the truth yeah careful uh, now. then we had another uh in through over the transom uh for 262 from uh Oh, Carrie Schoen, Schoen, Carrie Schoen in Deutschland. She is the, the woman who runs these marathons and then gives us some, some oh, money. Yeah. From. Oh, yeah, right, cool. She went through Austria, dipped into Switzerland in a new marathon, ended in, uh, no, ran another marathon, which started in Germany, went through Austria, dipped into Switzerland, and ended in Austria again. Wow. Once again, I'm sending 10 bucks per mile, 
and it, so it's 26 miles, obviously. And I have uh, NA in my ears throughout much of my training. This is what helps her get through these marathons. Mm-hmm. I want to re- mention this to people who like to run. I don't want to <laughs> call up my husband as a douchebag yet. <laughs> okay. For not having donated in a while, but I've got no problem threatening with a decrease in. <laughs> oh, in what? She got BJ's? Ten- Tent pitching, but it originally says tit pinching crossed out. <laughs> oh, tent Until pitching. steps up. <laughs> hey, you know what? I can imagine if you're running a marathon and you're listening to the show, you're just like, you're just trying to run away. So, I got to run faster. So Carrie, uh, Carrie wants you to do the Hot Pockets Euroland tour. Yeah. Uh, I'll wait until after the apocalypse, if you don't mind. All right. And finally, our last associate executive producer is David Yegley in uh, Pleasanton, California, 20202. John and Adam, here's a little bit of getting by money for the holidays. Just uh, you say, you guys say donations are typically low around this time of year, but I think if you start bullying your audience, (laughs) it's still somewhat legal. It might actually help boost donations. By the way, listening to the show makes my bogative commute painless. Hey, now. Enjoy this haiku and keep up the good work. No. Sixth Amendment enemy combatant droned mission accomplished. Woot. That's not bad. That's pretty good. Uh, so um, I want to thank uh, these executive producers uh, and associate executive producers for helping us and uh, for joining the cause with their uh, donations. Dvorak.org slash NA, channel Dvorak.com slash NA, no agendas. Nation.com, where you can also pick up a slave T-shirt if you need one. And finally, the NoAgendaShow.com has a donate button. We hope that you continue uh, helping us continue this, this. And if you just heard what Adam discussed about the uh, shooter in Los Angeles, I think it's well worth the price of admission. Much better use of your entertainment dollar. Dvorak.org. <laughs> <laughs> Slash I was up until one this morning doing I all that. Tell. I was like, "Oh my good!" And, and all yeah, the- you get on one of these. I do it once in a while. I don't do you. You hit that. That's the home run right there. I mean, that's obvious. Yeah, yeah. and it's uh, everything, of course, in the show notes at three six four dot dot com. Another part of the service we deliver to you now in the new outline format, which is pretty nifty. People are liking the new show notes uh, that we've uh, put together for them. Um, and I'd like to say that these credits, these uh, executive producer and associate producer credits, they are real. You can put them on your IMDb, and maybe you too will be asked to shoot a phony uh, Hollywood <laughs> shoot video. Someone yeah, into that. yeah, it could actually happen. Of course, you can always go out and propagate our message, which is uh, a formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Everybody, you know what you are. Shut up. Oh, I almost forgot our uh, PR associates uh, for the show. These are a couple of domain names forwarding to noagendashow.com. Uh, two new ones here from Yap in uh, Gitmo Nation Lowlands. Deadwhistleblowers.com, which is great. Uh, I'm thinking of actually building that domain out. Because, uh, you know, we can do individual pages and it'll be... Oh, uh, yeah, that would be actually be interesting. It'd be kind of like the smoking gun site. Yeah, yeah, deadwhistleblowers.com. Uh, he also registered uh, bravenwo.com, Brave New World Order. Very nice. Then we have um, uh, sad news from uh, our friend uh, Ramsey, who was running nasocial.net which is kind of uh, the No Agenda Social Network. He says, Adam, uh, the spammers got the best of me. 
A spam bot was able to create enough blog posts on nasocial.net, 29,000 pages in one day, that I was no longer able to delete the user because GoDaddy wouldn't increase my PHP execution time limit. Uh, they then shut down my database because it was too large, so I was unable to use a plugin on the site to manage the spam. Uh, whole story here. Uh, is, the whole thing is bogative. He says I try. He actually says I had intended to send a message out to all the good slaves who had signed up. It would be bogative not to, but I couldn't even get into the site when the time came to send the mass email. So, long story short, I'm forwarding nasocial.net to noagendashow.com. If anyone wants to contact me. They can uh, go through my new venture, which is afterthebeeppodcast.com. It was fun while it lasted, he says. Well, and also, if yeah, uh, you got to put those spam filters in early, especially with yeah. some of these blogging packages. Yeah. If you mention this during a PR segment, tell Kilo thanks for everything. So there you go. And then ending on a high note, uh, we want to thank uh, Tristan here, uh, who was also from Gitmo Nation Lowlands. And he has registered uh, the following domain name points to noagendashow.com. CurryDvoracConsultancy.com. So uh, we are in business, John. We are in actual business. So now people can find us. Uh, they can listen to our shows and go, wow, these guys sound great. They know what they're talking about. And we will uh, take you inside an actual pitch meeting uh, later on in this show. So um, Attorney General Holder, that's general, apparently, to other, to other douchebags in, uh, on the Hill. Uh, so he's testifying about Fast and Furious, and this, and so they're trying to get him on gotchas. You know, by the way, I think they're using that. You know, I mean, I, since I don't recall hearing it much in the past, I, I assume that the militarization of the country oh, is, is, is kind of confirmed by now calling the attorney general general. Yeah. He's not general holder. No. He's the attorney general. Because attorney general doesn't mean that you're like, it's not a rank. It's a, it's, your, it's a position. Yeah, it's a job. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not a rank. You don't gig. move up the ladder. I mean, you get a, it's an assignment. Uh, how about attorney colonel? What's next? You know, this is a five-star attorney general? I mean, the, the public health service is militarized, and it's all based yeah, on oh, yeah. uh, oh. military uh, conventions. But, the, but the, the office of the attorney general is not. No. Well, but they, a lot of calling him general, particularly from the Democratic side. So you remember on Thursday, um, we were talking about, you know, the question whether he had to be sworn in under oath or not. And uh, the chair of the committee said, no, 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 it's uh, it's because ISA asked this. said, no, no, if you're testifying to Congress, then, uh, you know, it's the same as being under oath. But later on, and I watched the whole thing and I, I, I really, you know, we really did the work this week for you peeps. Watching C-SPAN, so you don't have to. Uh, this question came up uh, later on uh, before another uh, another uh, salvo, and here's the uh, a little clip of uh, how this was answered. I just want to clarify your understanding of your being here today, because there was some confusion, I think, at the beginning. Is it your understanding that you're here under oath, that you're under penalties of perjury as to your testimony? I'm here to tell the truth, sure. Okay. So you are, you believe that you're here under oath? Is that your understanding? I'm not sure. I'm technically under oath, but I have an obligation to tell the truth. I need to Congress. Yes. Oath. I'm here to tell the truth. Thank you. I, I, I hope so. Thank you. Now, uh, so he wouldn't answer you. that. No, from the no, no, he didn't answer that. He said, no. I'm, "Well, no, technically, no, but I'm here to tell the truth." <laughs> really? So, of course, this whole thing is bogus. The whole thing is bogus. He's lying. He's just standing, sitting there, lying. So then we have uh, uh, Sandy Adams, who is um, she's actually former law enforcement. I believe she's a senator, 
and uh, she's her husband was killed, and several of her colleagues were killed, and so she's pissed. She's really, really, really angry, and she's even more angry. Well, she, she'd have to be a, a congresswoman, not a, a senator, a representative, in that hearing. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I, okay, I'm confused. Well, she's a representative then, yes. Do you have any remorse for... I'm sorry, that's not the right one. Uh, here she is. Here we go. Somewhere along the lines, somebody has to know something because this is an operation that's not just within our borders, it's crossing international borders. So what rises to the level that the Attorney General of our United States needs to know... What is it that you need to know about that rises to that level that you have an operation crossing international borders? You now say that you didn't find out about it until after the fact and after inquiries happened, after Mr. Terry, Officer Terry's death. What is it that would rise to the level that you would have to sign off on? I love this question because it makes so much sense. If you're doing an operation... You can't just be moving stuff into another country without them knowing about it. And Holder is saying that he knew nothing about any of this. So this is, this is brilliant questioning in my mind. This is a key, a key question. Since going across international borders isn't one of them, could you tell me what would be? Well, first off, you uh, are referring to these as memos. They were weekly reports. Well, any operation. Is there an operation that would rise to the level that would need your sign-off? Well, sure, there are things that I have to sign. But not this one, the one that crossed international borders. No. <laughs> oh, would the general lady brief, uh, yield briefly? So, whenever he's in trouble, then they always try to interrupt. Could I answer the question first? The, um, what one has to understand is, and, and I would urge you, if you have not done this, to look at these weekly reports. He's, now he's saying the reports suck. And to look at exactly what it was. Mr. Holder, uh, I understand you had weekly reports, and I'm not, I've got a couple more questions. I want to make sure I get them in. But I'm asking you, and I ask you, what would rise to the level for you to have to sign off on it? Because this apparently did not. You said you had weekly reports that you didn't review, and your chief didn't review. So here is, that's the question I ask, and you said there is, so I'm waiting to hear. But... Um, while I wait for that answer, let me ask you another question. This is good. Because one of my colleagues asked you about your emails, and you went straight to your work email. Hardly anybody has that. I'm going to ask you a very direct question. You have a personal email account. Did you at any time, at any time, email on your personal account with Larry Brewer or Lanny Brewer and Gary Grindler in regards to Fast and Furious ever? Ever? Yes, the or no. gentlewoman is recognized for an additional minute, so the attorney general can respond to her questions. Uh, Ooh, I, I don't know. That's good, but that's, see, that, there's the house. If that was a Democrat-run house, she's done. She's done. Yeah, you, I agree. Um, I can tell you that I didn't know. <laughs> Would you check and get back with us if you need some help? I'm sure that your agency personnel can get into those computers. <laughs> now he has a guy behind him who looks like uh, one of those three criminals in the you know that's, that they're always after Scrooge McDuck's money. <laughs> with like the chiseled right, face. The Beagle Boys. Yeah, yeah, the Beagle Boys. He's that chiseled <laughs> face and he keeps whispering in Holder's ear. Now he's whispering like, man, you don't have to you don't have to do anything about your emails, man. You don't have to do that, man. Don't, no, 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 just no, 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 no. 
Well, with regard to um, provision of emails, um, I thought I'd made it clear that after February the 4th, it is not our intention to provide um, email information <laughs> consistent with the way in which the Justice Department has always conducted itself. The exception that I made. That I so what he's saying is that anything after the, the memo, February 4th, he's not going to provide any information in the most transparent government in the universe. Yeah, he, that's so transparent. Yeah. Unbelievable. I in the hope that the Justice Department would be seen as transparent was to go against that tradition and to make available... Tradition. The tradition. He went against the, the tradition. tradition of life. Yes. <laughs> Deliberative material around the February 4th letter. Uh, so again, and, in a, as in when you were here before, and I asked you about a totally different issue, you were saying that you refused to provide that information. Is that correct? I didn't hear the whole... You were talking at the same time I was talking. And please, you didn't have more time. I don't, I'm, I don't want to cut off your time. I'm, Thank I just you. didn't hear the question. Oh, sorry. I... I, I how about that? Oh, so the guy, so the, he, what he, he says this because he needs uh, one of the Beagle brothers to whisper more in his ears. I, I, I didn't hear the question because, you know, the Beagle brother was talking to me. Previously in another committee when you were here earlier, I asked you another question. You said you would not answer that question. Now you're saying that you won't provide those emails because uh, that's not consistent with whatever policy was previous. I'm asking you if there is clean hands here, will you provide those emails? What does that mean, clean hands, exactly? Well, I think it just—I think it refers to. I, I, it could be some jargon that I'm unfamiliar with, but it seems. To, in other words, if there's, if he's got nothing to hide. Okay, because it comes back several times. Not that I have it on clip, but that was mentioned several times. They talk about clean hands. Mails to this committee. As I said. Yes I, or no? I'm going to act in a way that's consistent with all attorneys general before me. That's and, not my question, Attorney and, General. I, you know, with due respect, that was not my question. I ask you. With clean hands, would you supply those emails, whether it's work-related or personal emails, as they apply to anything that had to do with Fast and Furious? And as I to said, this committee, yes or no? As I said, with regard to the Justice Department as a whole, I yield back. And I am <laughs> Mr. The Chair, I am not going to get it's, the answer. It's, it's, as I said, with regard to the Justice Department as a whole, and I'm certainly a member of the Justice Department. Uh, we will not provide memos uh, after February the 4th. And that is a way in which we are... With regards to emails, I didn't ask memos, I said emails. Emails, memos, consistent with the way in which the Department of Justice has always conducted itself in this interaction... What about prior with, to February so, 4th? Chairman's time has expired. The answer was no, is that correct? Mr. Attorney General? No, but consistent with the way in which the Justice Department has always conducted itself. This is not something that I am making up in terms of new policy. No, I know, but you used the word not. I took not to be no. Oh, I said no. Okay. I'm saying no, but again, consistent with DOJ policy. Okay, hold on a okay, second. Okay, hold on a second. I, I do have the clean... Yeah, you have the clean I hands? I have the clean hands doctrine. Good, good, good. From the search of uh, the legal uh, research website. A rule of law that a person coming to court with a lawsuit or petition for a court order must be free from unfair conduct, mm. have quote unquote clean hands or have not done anything wrong in regard to the subject matter of him or her, his or her claim, his or her activities not involved in the legal action can be abominable because they are considered irrelevant. It, it, as an affirmative defense, positive response, the defendant might claim that plaintiff uh, has a lack of clean hands. So what does this mean in this context? I, I'm trying to parse it myself, but it seems as though 
Uh, I don't know. I'm not absolutely sure. Okay. I could read this definition over and over again. I'm not quite get it, but I think it has something to do with whether he's. I don't know. He's a liar because he's a liar. He's a liar. That's what it is. You're a liar, but would you mind not lying for a second? I think what she's referring to in this regard, looking at this definition, that that they get the they get the documents without somebody mucking with them. Ah, okay. Without without it being uh, uh, redacted. Yeah. Okay. Clean hands, I guess. Two more. That's- two more short clips. Uh, so th- uh, this one is just the the hubris one, and then we have the 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 final uh, knife knifing by uh, by ISA. So of course uh, we kind of already knew that uh, now that there have been several uh, you know lots of people have died because of these sixty four thousand and it is it came out in the testimony sixty four thousand guns walked. This is not just a little operation. 64,000 guns. Do you, do you know how many guns that is? It's a lot of guns. It's a lot of guns. And they're good guns, too. They're not yeah. cheap junk. They're long guns. This is good good stuff. <laughs> Come on. Um, but, of course, uh, th- uh, they always bring it back to the human element, and, uh, and they're all pandering for the cameras, obviously. Uh, Holder has never apologized to, the, uh, to Agent Terry's family. So, yes, that was brought up in the last testament. Well, they did it again. Do you have any remorse for what happened with Agent Terry? Of course I do. And have you, have you, 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 you've spoken to their family. Have you apologized to their family? I've had contact with the family that I'm not <laughs> going to go into. The nature of my uh, interaction with them is between me and them, and I will leave to them. Why? Why won't you just say yes or no? You know, I'm not going to go into the nature of my contact with them. Them, uh, how they want to, uh, if they want to reveal that. People on my staff, in addition to me, are in constant touch with the uh, Terry family. But you've not apologized to them, as I understand it. Uh, I will say that I have expressed uh, my feelings to them, and I, I'm going to leave. You're the number one law enforcement officer in this country, and a law enforcement officer has died as a result of a batched operation. Don't- it's botched, by the way, not batched. Yeah, batched. If it's batched, that means there was a whole bunch of them, which could be true, too. I don't know. Don't you feel some sense of remorse that you ought to apologize to the family? And I feel great remorse, great regret, and I have expressed this to the Terry family. I'm not going to reveal to you in this setting the nature, just real of, briefly, the and I, and the nature of the interaction that I've had with the Terry then, then let, let me just ask I'm you something about this your in front opening. of the media. I'm not going to do it in front of a congressional uh, That's all I wanted to establish. Now, what? He's filibustering. Oh, yeah. you know, yak, 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 yak. Because the time clock is running on these guys. So uh, now we have the last one, and then I'm By done. the way, did you everybody think maybe that Agent Terry was assassinated now? Oh, please. That's why his staff is in constant contact with the family, threatening them to shut up. Absolutely. So, like, he stumbled upon this operation. Absolutely. This is no good. Oh, yeah. He's sending tens of thousands of guns to oh, Mexico. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was going to blow the whistle. Of course. It's so obvious. So Isa, who was, of course, the guy who has been um, employed uh, by the, the evil forces from outside to remove Holder, uh, he plants a meme. I had to consult the Book of Knowledge, but when I saw it, I was like, wow, <laughs> you'll, I'm sure that uh, you've been around long enough. You'll recognize it when you hear it. Uh, as I've, um, we are not going to be turning over materials after February. Are you aware that you are, in fact, by doing so, 
in the fact that we already issued from the Oversight Committee a subpoena, you are standing in contempt of Congress unless you have a valid reason that you express it, that you provide logs which you've refused to provide for the, uh, the other information. Otherwise, you will leave the committee no choice but to seek contempt for your failure to deliver or to cite a constitutional exemption. So this is about the email. So this is good. So Holder is setting, um, ISA is setting him up uh, to impeach him, essentially. And the chairman's time has expired. The attorney general will be allowed to respond. Um, uh, we will respond in a way that is consistent with the way in which the Justice Department... Now all of a sudden it's we. Whenever you're lying, that's when you use the we word. You know, like we, not me, we. The Department has always responded to those kinds of... That's not the question, Mr. Attorney General. Can I... Um, regular order, Mr. Yeah, Chairman. Uh, please proceed, Mr. Attorney General. We'll respond in a way that other uh, attorneys general have, other justices... John Mitchell responded that way, too. Regular order. <laughs> Did you catch it? Yeah. John Mitchell responded that way. Hold on. There's 40 more seconds. It comes back, and then we'll discuss John Mitchell. Mr. General. Chairman. That, was that called for? I mean, Mr. Chairman. <laughs> the, was that called for? Act the chairman from South You're bullying me. North Carolina has the time, but I'm going to allow the Attorney General. Do you have any further response to that question, Mr. Chairman? To the question, Mr. Chairman, about whether or not he understood that it was, in fact, an act of contempt unless they re- recited a constitutional exemption and still had a responsibility to provide us logs, both of which they are refusing to do okay. in testimony Jim, here today. Gentleman from South Carolina's time has again expired. Do you have a final response, Mr. Attorney no. General? Ms. Adams asked me about, um, Congresswoman Adams asked me about political points. The reference to John Mitchell, let's, let's think about that. Think about that. At some point, you know, as they said in the, was the McCarthy hearings, at some point, have you no shame? No! <laughs> <laughs> What a douchebag. Give him the douchebag. Uh, we now go to our historian. Uh, jo- no shame. i put upon by the horrible <laughs> McCarthy hearings. Uh, oh, my goodness. We now go to our historian in residence, John that's, C. Dvorak. Well, how come this wasn't on the net nightly news? Because, because we had to have a phony Hollywood shooting to distract from the gun discussion. Who was John N. Mitchell? Uh, our historian, John C. Dvorak. Well, Mitchell was the attorney general uh, under the Nixon administration and was um, part of the Watergate cover-up. Yeah, and he went to jail for it. And he did the same exact thing we're hearing from Holder, almost to a to a T, which is why ISA brought it up. And uh, they threw him in the slammer. Yeah. <laughs> He was found guilty uh, on uh, in February 1975 of conspiracy, obstruction of justice, and perjury, and sentenced to two and a half to eight years in prison for his role in the Watergate break-in and cover-up, which he actually called the White House horrors. So we're waiting for that meme to come back. The white, thank you, darling. The White House horrors. So this guy is a total a-hole. He's lying, lying through his teeth, lying. And you know, if he was, if he had any, which is typical of the many of the Obama administration personnel, had enough, uh, I don't know, uh, self-respect to quit. Oh, you know, uh, there is actually one more clip. Shafet, uh, a holder, right when this thing broke, should have said, "This is this is a huge screw up by the department. I quit." I resign. Yeah. No, 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 no. No one's even been fired over this. Not a single person. No, well, they're going to find themselves. This is not going to turn out well if they keep this up. And if they, unless the Democrats get the house back, this, this is not ending. So Shafet, who I think is uh, Mexican himself, he certainly looks Hispanic, 
uh, he he's the one that has been enlisted in this whole uh, scheme to uh, discredit the president, which I thought was pretty good. Isn't it a reasonable assumption to suggest that it may have been guns from Fast and Furious that happened that, that caused that death? Given the fact that there are, over the course of the last five years, 64,000 weapons that have gone from the United States to Mexico. I have a hard time believing, Mr. Attorney General, with all due respect, my time is short. Twice the President of the United States has gone before the American people and said that you had nothing to do with this, you weren't involved in it, you weren't engaged in it, yet you said you've never spoken to the President. How is it that he would know <laughs> that you, haven't been invo- you weren't involved in this and he could make such a claim if you've never even spoken to him? <laughs> yeah, how does that work, actually? It's magic. Yeah. Well, the president. No, it's not magic. It's here's how it works. If you were ever wondering how government works, here's how it works. And gets information from the Justice Department in a variety of ways. We interact with the White House Counsel's Office um, very frequently. Mm. Uh, I don't know exactly what the flow of information is within the White House, but he can find out about uh, my state of involvement in matters connected to the Justice Department without <laughs> speaking directly. to Let me move on to a. Uh, you have access to obviously the emails of Dennis Burke. On Wednesday, November 24th, 2010, he sent an email. It said, quote, Some of the weapons bought by these clowns in Arizona have been directly traced to murders of elected officials in Mexico by the cartels. So, Katie, bar the door when we unveil this baby. And- <laughs> <laughs> bar the door when we unveil this baby. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is such a morass, but it's not on the news. It just gets better. It's not on the news. You don't see a single piece of this, a single piece. I I can't find it. And I'm watching. It's not not in the New York Times. No, of course not. I got the Saturday Times. I got the Sunday Times right here. I don't see. No, of course not. There's a story. It's buried somewhere. I haven't seen it. The Sunday Times is so massive. It takes hours to get through it. So it could be in there. I have a little uh, side theory on this. Remember uh, Reggie Love was kicked out of the White House? Oh, yeah. Buddy. Buddy, buddy love. Yeah. (laughs) Reggie, buddy love. So I think that uh, Daly kicked Reggie Love out. So that he would not have executive privilege when it comes to being subpoenaed by uh, by the committee, because Reggie Love knows he knows that Holder talked to uh, Obama about this. He knows of these discussions, and I would daily do this because Daly wants Obama out too. They all His want him chief out. Chief of staff? Yes, of course. They all want him out. They all, that, that's why he's been, you know, he's, he's withdrawing now. He's done his job. Oh, yeah. Everybody wants, all sides want Obama out. He's, because he's, 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 you know, his contract is up. He's no good. He's lost his nerve. He can't act anymore. He's no good. He's no good. If this, is, this is our president in his weekly address. Right, which I always watch. Clip. I was listening to it. I just I can't find anything to clip. Here. Oh come on! Did you got. watch it until the end? Because at the very end, you know, again, it's like Republicans suck. Republicans blow. They're gonna uh, got to pass the oh, tax cuts. Oh, let me see. I, I, I'm, I'm anticipating is. what you're gonna do. Go now on. The time to do what's right for the American people. No one should go home for the holidays until we get this done. So tell your members of Congress, don't be a Grinch. <laughs> Are you the president of the United States? Telling don't be people, a Grinch. Don't be a Grinch. <laughs> don't be a Grinch. Seriously? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, so... Well, I thought you were going to bring up a clip that uh, Buzzkill Jr. was uh, predicting you'd do. The fair share thing? 
No, where he says, well, the Republicans say I'm not tough, but uh, but you have to realize that I've I have taken. That. Yeah, yeah, I've blown up all the Al-Qaeda people with my drones. Yeah. No, yeah. he says he took them off the field. Off the field, right. Yeah. Do you have and that off clip? off the field, what does that mean? Do you have he, that did, clip? He didn't say he killed them. He said he took them off the field. Do you have that clip? No, I don't. I was dead. We were all predicting you were going to have the clip. I didn't. I never could find the clip. Mm. JC was telling me about it. No, I, I had. You know, I didn't. Uh, no, I mean, there's only so many clips we can play. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> we got too many already. Are you kidding me? I mean, this Holder stuff is long, but it's important. I haven't even gotten to the crummy debates, and I got a lot of clips from there. <laughs> I tell you, I missed the entire. De- this is how the, this is how the show works. John and I never talk ever. We just don't talk. Maybe one email about something, whatever. And the minute we email about it, of course, then we never talk about it on the show, which is why it's dumb to do it. Right. What, did, what was the thing I sent? You the, sent me about the, oh, about the drone. The drone. The, uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, I, yeah. I, got, I got my, we'll do a drone segment. I got my, I talked to my insiders uh, okay, in Virginia. Um, no, so, uh, you know, so I was uh, doing this holder thing, which, uh, you know, took hours. And I, and then I was like, oh my God, the, 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 the debates are on. I'm like, ah, I don't have to worry about it. I know John's got us covered. Yeah, well, probably got you two covered. So, but let's take a break from this serious news. Oh, no. Hold on a second. You can't tell me that it's time. And now, back to real news. I do want to mention that I did see the 3D version of Hugo, and I recommend it to everybody in 3D. That's it's one of the, probably you, one of the greatest yeah. movies I've ever seen. That's what you uh, emailed considering us. Considering it's rated G. Yep, that's what you emailed us. You told us to go watch uh, that yeah, movie. Yeah, you go see yeah. it yet? No. no, 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 no. We've been, I've been clipping. Okay, so here's the one that you did see, which is an old um, movie that was that uh, Buzzkill Jr. turned me on to called They Live, <laughs> an old dog of a John Carpenter movie. John Carpenter, 19- yes. With Roddy Piper, the wrestler, playing the lead actor. <laughs> we watched this entire movie. It is the worst movie in the world. It is, But it's got all the right, it's got everything going it's, no, for it's it. No, it's got everything going for it. However... It's like the they because Roddy Piper is a wrestler, so there's a fight scene which is like 15 minutes. It just yeah. doesn't stop a fight scene. But the whole the premise is great. The premise is uh, the government is using uh, it has mind control signals through television, which is just fantastic. And uh, if you have a pair of these special sunglasses, you put them on. Then you basically see every billboard says buy, consume, you will obey. Literally, you will obey. Um, but then you can also see the uh, the evil elites because they show up as like uh, robot faces, like Terminator faces uh, through these glasses. And it is it's on Netflix. It is absolute. It's horrible. It's a piece of crap movie, but it but is. It's, but it's worth watching if you can get through it. I had to watch. You it can't stop. Uh, I, we we watched it all the way through. And especially the final scene. I mean, really. <laughs> and Nikki and I look at each other like, okay. <laughs> I thought the final scene was funny. It's funny. Yeah, it's funny. But it's so, just... but I, I did get a clip. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought that the basic meme of the clip was what's happened is the aliens have taken over the uh, the world. and the, But you can't see them because of this crazy device. And so they're hanging around. They're just being regular people. And then, and then the elites as we would call them on this show, have sold out to the aliens. Mm-hmm. And they'll do whatever they want. Whatever the aliens want, they'll do it. And so the, uh, at one scene, the Piper and his buddy uh, corner some guy at a big meeting of all the elites that are being lectured to by the alien guys. And uh, the guy says, oh, let me show you what's going on. what's going on. And he starts to show them about uh, the back room and everything. The back room of the whole operation. And in the process... Uh, 
they, you know, they they're they're still against all this, and they're going to end up shooting him at some point. But but uh, he he th- he decides, you know, when they turn on him, he decides to give the the spiel as to why the elites are in on this with the aliens because, you know, it's just the way you have to be. And here's the clip. Holly works in there. If she made it, maybe we can find her. Then we can go to the roof and break that signal, man. Wait, boys, wait. You're making a big mistake. You made the mistake. No, no, you got to listen to me. I thought you boys understood. It's business. That's all it is. You still don't get it, do you, boys? There ain't no countries anymore. No more good guys. They're running the whole show. They own everything, the whole goddamn planet. They can do whatever they want. What's wrong with having it good for a change? Now, they're going to let us have it good if we just help them. They're going to leave us alone. Let us make some money. (laughs) You can have a little taste of that good life, too. Now, I know you want it. Hell, everybody does. You do it to your own kind. What's the threat? We all sell out every day. Might as well be on the winning team. Of course, the movie is entirely based on truth, which is the best thing about it. (laughs) Yeah, according to Ike. Fantastic. So, um... They're it's all hilarious, reptilians. but the, I like that. To me, that last that scene there was about the new world order. Yeah, they got the drones, they got drones flying the around, EU and all the rest of and it. And they got drones flying around and stuff. And they had drones flying around. Exactly, yeah. you couldn't see them without the sunglasses, but they're all over the and place. And this movie was like 1983, 84? 1988. Oh, 88. Oh, it was later than I thought. Oh, here's the uh, the Obama clip. If you want him about uh, taking the players off the field, we should probably listen yeah, to that. Buzz, Buzzkill Junior just sent me that. Uh, <laughs> In the back room here. This was his. Uh, candidates have um, taken aim at your approach to foreign policy, particularly the Middle East and Israel, and accused you of, uh, of appeasement. I wanted to get your reaction to that. Ask Osama bin Laden and uh, the 22 out of 30 top Al Qaeda leaders who've been taken off the field uh, whether I engage in appeasement <laughs> or whoever's left out there. Ask them about that. Twenty-two out of thirty ain't bad. And they took him off the field. Off the field. What does yeah. that mean exactly? Off the field. Yeah. Did he kill him? No, no he I took, took him off, off the field. field. Okay, you were calling yeah. you in. This is yeah. falling apart. <laughs> this is no good. It's come no back, good. We're going to bring you in. Come back. Come back. Come back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is this is why I started the show off by saying the people who run our world are insane. Holder's insane. Obama's insane. Holder's really. The Democrats, they're all insane. They're all, and the every fact that they world. challenge the Congress, you know, the way they do and they think they can get away with it. I mean, I think the Mitchell comment was correct. Oh, totally. It, it's, 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 it, well, you know what it is, actually. It's, uh, how come I, I mean, sometimes uh, these things pop up too fast and I can't. Practical. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Um,. I just I have I have one more insane comment. Lucifer was in Gitmo Nation Lowlands. You know the the cloven one? Yeah, I know that. She's clopping around there. What was she doing? I didn't follow it. Clippity clopping. Well, she it's it's easy to you know, if you're on your way to Paris to get some new wardrobe and your hair oh, done. That's right. She's not she's got to get some hair. Oh, she really needs it cuz she's just like tying it back in a ponytail cuz you know, it's dirty. And it's just, yeah, and then it's, it's, someone should just have the guts. Yeah, I think uh, Huma is probably about to give birth. Huma Abedin, uh, who, of course, I assert. Uh, she may have been doing her hair for all we know. Uh, no, no, no. I think, I think she's at home ready to pop. 
and uh, so she doesn't have someone looking out for her. You know, like, yeah. Well, maybe who Huma normally was doing her hair, you mean? That's what I'm thinking. Okay. So she did this. You know, they, the two of them, you could see them getting together, braiding each other's hair, and <laughs> preening over each other, and braiding it, and then unbraiding and getting a little, oh, look how nice it looks. And <laughs> The crazy thing is, I can actually see that. <laughs> I can actually, you know, where you sit behind the other one. And, and combing her hair with a brush. Uh, and, and, and Hillary not, <sighs> cocking her head to the side as her hair is being combed back. It's so pretty. It's so nice. Oh, Huma, I loved your youthful appearance. Mm. So she's there at the uh, National uh, Security Conference in The Hague. Uh, Gitmo Nation Lowlands. By the way, the because um, I watched the whole, it's like a, a little, uh, almost an hour. It was actually the candy man who alerted me to that, and I appreciated it. And it took a while for the video to show up. We finally got it, so I had to watch that, too. And this whole thing, I mean, if you just, whenever she said uh, other countries, some regimes, if you just filled in America, it would make sense. Because it's all about, you know, oh, the Internet and human rights of the Internet. And, you know, it's everything that is being taken away from us bit by bit is what she was saying other people do. But she starts the conference off and this talk about words matter. This blew me away. Well, good evening. And it's uh, wonderful to be back in The Hague. I want to thank uh, my colleague and friend, uh, Foreign Minister uh, Rosenthal a longtime uh, friend and uh, co-conspirator from time to time, Eric Schmidt. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Longtime friend and sometimes co-conspirator, Eric Schmidt from <laughs> oh, Google. Man, watch your words, lady. Really? What are you conspiring in? Are you a conspiracy theorist or are you just putting a conspiracy That's together? That's amazing. That's a great catch. That That's one of the that's astonishing. Uh, so what's, why is she glad to be back in the Hague? Does she go to Miniature Land or Miniature World? <laughs> Maduro, Maduro dumb. Yeah, that Maduro dumb. I don't know. Maybe she likes. And that way she can stand over the little the little towns and cities and feel that she's like King Kong. Oh, you know what she can do? Hold on. <laughs> Where is it? It's one of my classics. I can't believe. Uh, here it is. She goes to Maduro. If, if you don't know what it is, consult the Book of Knowledge. Maduro Dam is basically a little miniature Holland. You can stand over, uh, stand over the houses there and go. So, I mean, that is the land. You can stand over them and you look we at them. Came, we saw, <laughs> he died. Yeah, exactly. She's so evil. Well, she may be the next president. That's the end of our show. She did. Uh, she did admit to. Uh, to supporting uh, techno experts again, if you're interested. Yeah, well, she she's brags about it. The second I mean, item... Can, I'm sorry, but if people can read between the lines, they would figure out what's going on, but no, everyone says, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I want to highlight is a practical effort to do more to support cyber activists and <laughs> bloggers who are threatened by their repressive governments. Like America. <laughs> the USA. Committee to Protect Journalists recently reported... That of all the writers, editors, and photojournalists now imprisoned around the world, nearly half are online journalists. Julian the Assange. threat is very real. Now, several of us already provide support, including financial support, to okay. <laughs> activists and bloggers. Yeah. Well, and go. I was pleased. Hey, why don't you support this show, Lady McDeath? Why don't you support the... the we're, we're online journalists. Support us a little bit. 
she'll have none of it. Another, just another little piece of proof that they are insane. Well, they're definitely arrogant to be go- commenting like that. <sighs> Doesn't care, and 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 all these cheeseheads and for good reason because nobody is paying attention. No. And the, and the people in the audience, which was half empty, by the way, the uh, the auditorium, which was weird. Um, they, and they had really long shots of people. Just and I'm sorry, these were cheeseheads. These were just drones sitting there, like uh, Lucifer. We will do what you say. Support my blogging. I will do what you want me to blog. Disgusting. All right. <laughs> so uh, debates. Let's, let's talk about the debates. Was not, the only thing I saw was like the the bet that they made, which I thought was like I oh, have wow. the bet. Wow. Uh, there's a guy, one, two, the, the Gingrich Zinger is, uh, is I think the best moment was the Gingrich Zinger, and we'll do that one, then we'll do the bet. And the Gingrich, this is why, uh, this was a good debate. And the curious thing was it was an ABC debate with the same douchebags who would never call on Ron Paul, or I could be wrong. It was maybe some other douchebags that wouldn't call him. So Ron Paul got a, plenty of time to talk. Oh, good. That's good. And uh, so it was good. And he, he well, in fact, let's do a Ron Paul. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Let's, why, don't let me jump around. All right. Uh, Ging, let's do the Gingrich, uh, the Gingrich Zinger, I think, it sets the stage and the tone for the whole debate. I believe I can take that message to our president and to the American people, and they'll say Mitt Romney understands the economy because he's lived in it. I understand a merit-based society. I believe in the principles that made America the greatest nation on earth. And Speaker Gingrich and I have a lot of places where we disagree. We'll talk Why about don't those. Why you name them? Well, places where we disagree? Um, let's see. Um, uh, we could start with, uh, with his idea to, to have a, a lunar colony that would mine uh, minerals from the, from the moon. I'm not in favor of spending that kind of money to do that. Um, he said that he, w- he would like to uh, eliminate, in some cases, the child labor laws so that kids could clean schools. I don't agree with that, that idea. Uh, his plan on capital gains, to remove capital gains for people uh, at the very highest level of income, is different than mine. I'd, I'd uh, eliminate capital gains, interest, and dividends for people in middle income. So uh, we have differences of viewpoint on, on some issues. But, uh, but the real difference, I believe, is our backgrounds. I spent my life in the private sector. I, I understand how the economy works. And I believe that for Americans to, uh, to say goodbye to President Obama and elect a Republican, they need to have confidence that the person they're electing knows how to make this economy work again and create jobs for the American middle class. Your response? No. <clears throat> Just a second. You had four allegations. Do I get four responses? Take your time. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's start with the last one. Let's be candid. The only reason you didn't become a career politician is you lost to Teddy Kennedy in 1994. Well, now, now wait a second. Now, wait a second. That's, now, wait, now, wait a second. I mean, Let him, you'll, okay, you'll get ahead. another response. Okay. Go ahead. That's good. Do I, do I yeah. have to go hey, can I? I'm sorry to interject. I have a, an emergency. Yes. I have an emergency situation here. The recording failed. The recording failed? Yes. On the recording that we've been making? Of this program. I want to point out to anyone out there listening when I say I use a hard recorder to do these things. That, that can, fa- that can fail, reasons. too. That can fail, too. So I am uh, asking the chat room uh, if whoever's backing up. Hopefully show. someone is recording the show. Uh, if you are using Windows Media Player, I think you can at the end of the show, you can do a save as please 
Uh, okay, right. Lone, Do that now. Yeah, Lone Squirrel's recording. I know we've got we've got everyone on the case. Thank you so much. I'm sorry. I, I just noticed it now. Like this thing. This failed. is funny because as we talked about this over dinner yesterday, you, uh, this exact same thing. So I think it maybe the, the vibe went out. And it's only happened once or twice before. Once. Yeah. Oh crap! I'm so before. sorry. I, mean, I just noticed. Like, oh, it, it failed. It could be user error. You know, whatever. But uh, all right, Lone Squirrel is, it back, has is it. recording now. One that makes no sense to record it now. Lone, Lone Squirrel is recording. No, no, it's good. We're, it's good. Right, well, then you're I'm we're lucky. Like we're lucky. Anyway. We're lucky. So we're anyway, lucky. so that was the zinger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you didn't hear it, obviously. I, of course it's, I heard it. Of course I did. He like, says, you know, because you lost to Kennedy in 94, you douche. Yeah. That's so, why. So, again, so that set the stage for a lot of back and forth. I, I thought that was good. And, you know, and even though he got a lot of booze and he got everybody worked up. And so then you got to the Perry Romney bet. Uh, thing, which is was is, was in the same vein, Perry Romney no bet. Well, I'm I'm just I'm listening to you, Mitt, and I'm hearing you say all the right things. But I read your first book, and it said in there that your mandate in Massachusetts, which should be the model for the country. And I know it came out of of the the reprint of the book, but you know I'm just saying you were for individual mandates, my friend. You know what? You've raised that before, Rick, and. Uh, you're simply it, wrong. Was, it was true then. No, no. <laughs> it's true now. Rick, I'll, I'll tell you what. <laughs> 10000 bucks. $10,000 bet? I'm not in the betting business, oh, but I'll, okay. I'll okay. show you the, I, I wrote the, I'll, I'll show I wrote, you the book. I, I've got the you book. You know, this, this shows that Romney is a dick. <laughs> I know. It's like two kids. Ten like thousand dollars, 10000 bucks. I'm like, you know, we've done bets, John, what, for like a dollar? <laughs> a whole dollar? That's just unbelievable. And to me, that you know, I think they're going to run with that and use that as you know, he's an elitist. That's it. Like when they, when they make bets up there on the, on their little podium there, they do it for ten thousand dollars. Yeah, I want to bet ten thousand dollars. I'm like, you know, what kind of child are you? Yeah, no, I found the thing to be incredibly juvenile. Oh. So uh, meanwhile, so another thing happens where they all start going out, or actually the the panel goes after Gingrich. By asking about personal responsibility, uh, uh, their relationships, so essentially skirting the issue of, of not saying Gingrich has been divorced twice, married yeah, three times, right, right, and his new wife is real. real I th- could kill the election if you take a look at her. She's weird looking. Yeah, she's she's the one that ha- that has all the, the the half a million dollar Tiffany bill, right? Right, and she's got those bug eyes, and she's <laughs> anyway. So she, uh, so they, so they, they bring up to how important is morals, and they bring up all this kind of vague question, and they ask everybody on the panel one after another what they think, and they're all nobody will just come out and say, well, I think this question is about Gingrich, and you know. <laughs> so it finally gets around to Ron Paul. They let him talk about it, and he deflects the whole thing because he thinks. It's bogus that you would be talking about this in the first place. And he, he in a great move, uh, Paul takes and essentially defends Gingrich. You can tell Gingrich was happy because he's getting beat up by everybody. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but Paul turns it into a nice talking point, which is what we've always wanted to hear, what we want to hear. And he's done it, did it a number of times in this debate. And this was, this one here was a classic. You know, I think character is obviously uh, very important. I, I don't think it should be necessary to have to talk about it. I think it should show through in the way we live. And I think it should show through in your marriage. And I have, have been married for 54 years and a family person. But I don't think we should have to talk about it. But you know what 
Chloe is every bit as important. If, if your marriage vows are important, what about our oath of office? That's what really gets to me. That's where you're really on the line as a public figure. And that's where I think a lot of people come up real short. Because there's many times that I've been forced to Congress because I take my oath very seriously. I end up sometimes, believe it or not, voting all by myself. Thinking that, why aren't they people paying attention? Why don't they read Article 1, Section 8? You know, if, if we took that oath of office seriously in Washington, we'd get rid of 80% of the government, the budget would be balanced, we'd have sound money and we would have prosperity and we wouldn't be the policemen of the world, we wouldn't have a federal reserve system and we wouldn't be invading the privacy of every single individual in this country with bills like the Patriot Act. We'd have a free society and a prosperous society. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and of course, everyone at home went like, honey, can you get me a beer? Exactly. What? We still have the people. Oh, Ron Paul <laughs> nuts. He's unelectable. He's, you un- know. he's, he's old. So I was looking at these guys, not to belabor the debate. It wasn't really. That was pretty much the highlights. Yeah. The uh, so I'm looking at these guys and their and their altitudes, and I'm watching the way they're shooting this. They're shooting Ron Paul at an angle that lower angle that. No, it's a higher angle uh, with less of the desk and the podiums. Uh, I've got this thing on a table. So it doesn't do make it him. It doesn't make him look so regal and presidential. It makes him look smaller mm-hmm. than than Gingrich, who is probably the shortest guy out there. But not only, Rom- not only that, but uh, Romney and Gingrich, because you, know, you you saw the set, right? Romney and Gingrich, when they took a shot of them, and someone pointed this out to me, they had blue in the background. Everyone else had red. Mm. Which is an old trick. I, I was looking at the, the at the camera angles, and one of the things. First of all, I did some research, and I and to get the people's heights. Who is? Do you know who the tallest one there is? Um, let me think. Maybe Santorum, actually. Yeah, it's funny you would just think it. Santorum is six four. Yeah, wow. He looms over everybody wow. else, but you'd never know that. No, of course not. Of course. So that so I so doing some research. This is the numbers I've come up with with some. Some provisos. Ron can I, can I just can I just say this is the kind of analysis that you will only get on the best <laughs> podcast in the universe. I'm not even done with it. Wait until I do the photos and I start altering. Okay. I've got some yeah. some geometrics so if I can really get a good look at this. But, but let me tell you some of the stuff I've d- uncovered. Ron Paul six one. He's wow, actually the same I, height as. I've never met him. I've only spoken to him. I had no idea. He's as tall as you are. You're six. Yeah. He's Mickey to six one. Wow. Okay. I know who's the sh- I know who the shortest is. That I know. Santorum is six four. Wow. Gingrich is said to be uh, six foot, hmm. so he is shorter than Ron Paul. But Ron Paul is shorter than him. Uh, I'm thinking he's five ten. Rick Perry says he's six one, but there's no. rumors that he wear li- he, he wears lifts. lifts. Yeah, three inch lifts. I've seen. Those well, rumors, I don't yeah. think you can get a three inch in a in a in a foot, but you can wear a. Thicker, <laughs> That's what she said. A thicker, a thicker sole, and maybe get another inch. He's probably pushing himself about two inches, so he's probably five eleven. Mitt Romney is says he's six one, and he probably is six one. Yeah, he, he might be is. six foot. Right. Herman Cain was six foot, uh, and uh, Huntsman was six foot. So uh, everybody, uh, and, you missed and, one. You missed the you missed the shorty. Yeah, I can't find her height. Oh, but, uh, it's five two. Okay, five two Michelle makes sense. Bachman she wears five heels, two. so she brings herself and, no, up. No, and if you watch the shot, she's always standing on a box. Yeah, she. They gave her a box. Yep, yep. She's five uh, two, which is common in television. They're yeah. called apple crates. Yep. And there's different ones. You have a quarter crate, a half crate, a full crate. 
Yeah, that's exactly. You're learning television, ladies and gentlemen, right here. We don't know and, how to record a show, but we sure do know television. And when you uh, when you're doing shooting and you're setting up a shot and somebody's way too short, you'd ask for you know you look at him and go, "Get, we need a half crate." Yeah, half an and apple some crate. Gaffer yeah. or somebody comes out with this box, and these yep. are essentially apple crates that yep. are a little more beefy, yep. and they're painted flat black. That's right. That's and right. you then the person stands on them, and then everything looks even, and that's what you want. You don't want some real short. You don't want a Mutt and Jeff look. No. And so uh, so I'm looking at these shots, and it's apparent to me that they're shooting uh, Ron Paul short. They're doing what they can. They lift the camera. Anything make, Whoever it is yeah. they're doing, they're making uh, Gingrich, who's standing next to him, look bigger. Uh-huh. And, 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 they, and, and the angles are interesting. But what I was looking at was where the podium was uh, along the baseline of the video image. That with Ron Paul, the podium was barely showing. That was really reduced down, which indicates to me that they had some funny angle. And when Romney was up, the podium, you could see a, a good uh, two or three inches of it. It was up into the shot, into the frame. And they were making Romney look a little bigger than Perry uh, when they had the opportunity to uh, do there's that. Something, something else I've noticed is that we had, of course, uh, less candidates on stage. It, they're really, we already know it's a reality show, but they're really making it look like people have been eliminated now, which, of course, is the truth. Oh, good one. So on the 15th, which is the next debate, which is Fox, uh, will we see yet another one off? Does someone get voted off? Another one off the island. <laughs> yeah, yeah, does someone get voted off? I'm telling you, man, this is, this is, this is, it's a... I don't know how the ratings were for ABC. I, I think it was a very entertaining show. I think it should have gotten pretty decent ratings. I will say that after the Iowa elections, there will be two, at least two people voted off the island. Mm-hmm. And it will be down to probably, uh, I mean, I think Ron Paul is going to do well in Iowa. I hope he does. Here, ABC debate high ratings? Really? Just uh, hold on a second. Make sure I'm not looking at uh, past 24 hours here. Uh... Looks like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer did better. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> People should have watched this, though, because Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was in the guise of Gingrich. <laughs> Doesn't that say enough? Not only are our leaders insane, but the populace is <laughs> idiots. <laughs> And that's like a really old and crummy cartoon. Yeah, it's the, it's the 1970s version. It was really crap. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe this. Oh. So the other big news, and it didn't creep in so much to this, actually it did creep into this debate, I don't, didn't get any clips from it, was Gingrich making the comment, Gingrich I still believe doesn't really want to run for president, I think he just no. wants to collect as oh, much money yeah, as he can. He, he's in the Clinton media camp, absolutely. Yeah, and so he is uh, trying to get himself kicked out. Trying to kick off the island by being obnoxious. I know know exactly what clip this is. And so he's got this. He decides to come on some Jewish cable channel. (laughs) The the Jewish News Network, yeah. The Jewish News Network. It's funny. I didn't get a real good clip of it, but I did get a clip of it. Gingrich goes on. He he decides to really shake the dice and go with Palestinians are bullcrap. They don't exist. They're they're made up. And this whole thing is bogus. And he brings it, which I think a lot of people believe anyway. And it's, but it's not like anything anyone would say, especially a politician, but just play the little clip I have. I think that uh, we've had an invented Palestinian people uh, who are, in <laughs> fact, Arabs and were, and were historically part of the Arab community. And they had a chance to, to go many places. And, and uh, for a variety of political reasons, uh, we have sustained this, this war against Israel now since uh, the 1940s. And I think it's tragic. <laughs> 
They're not real. It's invented. This is made They're up. Invented. <laughs> invented. I, I, who invented that? Who, who went into his evil shack at night and invented the Palestinians? <laughs> so he's going for broke he's, with some of this stuff, and it broke. just keeps getting him more traction. He's got the worst character references. He's got this crazy thing going on. He's making crazy assertions about building bases on the mood and putting kids to work, which is true. And it's like, it's just getting more popular. It's just, it's ludicrous. But this he is, doesn't know. This is like watching the movie The Producers. Yeah. Well, it's actually, it's like X Factor, where they had a, a, a sing-off, save your life uh, sing-off between Marcus Canty and Sharon Crow. And uh, of course, she was much, much better but then they kicked her off the show, and she, of course, is going to be the biggest star as this 13-year-old girl. This is how it works. This is what you do. Gingrich is going to get kicked off the island, and he's going to go on to make another $100 million. It's all going to be great. It's all money still on Romney. Yeah, I do not. Well, I'm sticking with my Romney-Perry combination. Because yeah. another thing you notice, if you watch, anyone wants to watch these things, you they always put Romney next to Perry, and they have these little tete-a-tetes that go after each other a little bit. Yeah. But when Romney is speaking... The middle. They're in the middle. Once again, they're in the middle of the yeah, panel. When yeah. Romney is speaking, uh, Perry stands in a very interesting manner. He, he turns his body... And he stands as though he is the second guy. He's he presents himself as as a submissive character. He's not growling or grimacing as a bitch. Or, as a bitch. or looking away like <laughs> Gingrich does, who just sits there and scowls. Uh, Gromney's like or Perry's looks like the good the good second the the, the good supporter. He has that. Just check the way he carries himself uh, when Romney's going on with one of his long winded explanations about one thing or another. Can we uh, switch gears before we get to our? Uh thanking segment here yeah i'm done with this all right yeah well thank you for watching that so i didn't have to that's highly appreciated uh of course now we have uh the national defense authorization act which is uh moving through <clears throat> the process soon it will be, uh, be landing on president obama's desk it has a high likelihood of getting vetoed because uh, it's not uh there's not enough not, power not, yeah, yeah not, not enough dictatorial power not enough for the power president. for him in there and of course we just you know we kind of overlook the whole fact that uh along with uh, $600 billion of your tax dollars that are, uh, that are put in there. Um, it also um, has the 1033 program, uh, which enables the Department of Defense to give away half a billion dollars worth of leftover military gear to law enforcement. <laughs> That's how they come up with the tanks and the grenade launchers. They yeah. give it to any- our local police department <laughs> yeah. need to be yeah, they need to be armed. Proto-militarized. Like, like military. Uh, Colonel Wilkinson, uh, Wilkerson, sorry, who was chief of staff for Colin Powell, was interviewed recently about the National Defense Authorization Act, in particular um, Section 1031 of Senate Bill 1867. And uh, this, this is about the detaining Americans uh, on the U.S. battleground, as Gingrich calls it, because it is a battleground here. It's a, we're at war here in America against the terrorists. And here's what he had to say. I think it's another step on the road to tyranny. <laughs> I think the Patriot Act was a huge, giant step on the road to tyranny. I think things like this are uh, another step in that direction. Um, I, I find it interesting that the individual on the Hill who this week was holding a hearing about Muslims serving in the military and so forth, Representative King, himself, uh, if this were a retroactive law, would probably be in jail now for his support of the IRA. 
Um, after all, they were a terrorist group recognized as such. Um, I, I just think it's uh, it, it's the wrong direction, completely the wrong direction. Of course, it's the wrong direction. And uh, here's the thing. That, and by the way, in the show notes at 364.nashownotes.com, we have the entire list of the senators who voted for the Defense Authorization Act. You might want to take a look at that uh, and uh, vote those people out so of office. So who are the seven that didn't vote for it? That I don't have. I only have the, the ones who voted. I should be able to. Yeah, I could d- deduce it. Um, but here's what's very yeah, interesting. These people need to be voted out of office. Here's what's interesting. This uh, particular uh, passage, 1031, uh, which states uh, that uh, United States citizens can also be seen as supporters of Al Qaeda. You know, if, you, if you're tailgating at an Al Qaeda match, on where you know where Obama takes people off the field. If you're tailgating, uh, then you can. Uh, if you have a tailgate party, then you could be deemed a supporter, and you can be detained indefinitely. Get mo for you. This was initially, initially the act said, and this is this is amazing because Levin is about to tell us this. Carl douchebag Levin, initially, in the bill that that passed in committee, it said this does not pertain. To American citizens. That was the initial language in the bill that passed committee that said, look, if, if, if you're a terrorist in America, we can detain you, military uh, panel, all of that stuff, not a civil judge. And it said, this does not pertain to American civilians. I'm wondering whether the senator is familiar with the fact that the language, the language which precluded the application of section 1031 to American citizens was in the bill that we originally approved in the Armed Services Committee and the administration asked us to remove the language which says that U.S. citizens and lawful residents would not be subject to this section. Is the senator familiar <laughs> with the fact that it was... The- Can you believe that? So is Obama. Yes! Wow. And, and Levin says it three times, just to make his point. That was one. Administration that asked us to remove the very language which we had in the bill which passed the committee, and that we removed it at the request of the administration that would have said the app, that this determination would not apply to U.S. citizens and two. lawful residents. That's I'm just wondering, is the senator familiar with the fact that it was the administration which asked us to remove the very language the absence of which is now objected to by the senator from Illinois. That was astounding to me. So Obama called up and said, hey, I got to get me these slaves in America too, man. I got to get citizens. You can't just leave that out. Wow. So uh, Insane, I, were, I tell you. They were Insane. spending a lot of time. I was going over that build and there was like a... Feinstein tried to put stuff in, and it was rejected, and then it was just a mess. And I don't even know. I'd like to see what the final bill looks like. I, it's just obviously a disaster. But it's it's another you know abnegation of the Americans' rights to just be normal. In fact, if anyone has a chance who's listening to the show or is uh, listening to the show this week, and catch the news night from the BBC that will I think be running in reruns on different educational channels. There's a very good report on the on the London and UK riots. And it, when it's the, by some researchers trying to get to the bottom of it, and I will have some clips for the next show. 
uh, about the British police. Mm-hmm. It's it would they're all all the people that were involved in the riots. They say they're anti-police riots. Yeah, they're getting sick and tired of the cops pushing them around for no apparent reason. And this is was a uh, it's a very eye-opening. Uh, re- Newsnight has its moments. It's a it does, uh, special, it does. It's the sixty minutes of, of but, England. But I think it, but the, what I understood because this has cropped up in a couple other reports is that this is to get more money for the UK police. So they have more gear, they need, you know, they need tanks, well, I, they I'll need stuff it. like that. If you see this report on the news night, this is not going to be anything you're going to want to give the police more money oh, from. Really? Okay. Yeah, right. no, it's extremely negative. Okay. And I mean, it's just it sounds like the police are too many of them, they're out of control, they don't give a crap about anything. It's and and it's going to cause nothing but trouble. And everybody predicts there's going to be uh, four out of five of the people that were interviewed, mostly in confidence, uh, say there's going to be more of these riots until this ends. So, the, and you've said this for years, mm-hmm. which is that the British public will put up with stuff a lot longer than Americans will. But then but they, when they then, break, oh yeah. they, they go nuts. They do. And they were saying we burnt these buildings down for a reason. And when we saw a cop car, you know, because we'd rather go after the police, and we'd love to have burnt down a police precinct building. Yep. So it's gonna. It's an interesting situation evolving over there. I'd also like to thank a couple of the military uh, personnel who have uh, emailed us about the repeal of sodomy uh, uh, between humans and animals in the or bestiality is the word. No, but they don't say bestiality. They say sodomy with uh, humans and uh, yeah. animals. Uh, the reason why this is uh, being repealed in the National Defense Authorization Act is, of course, to comply with uh, nothing to see here. Uh, don't ask, don't tell. Uh, the repeal of that. So, that, yeah, and I guess we're all just saying. I guess you know. So sodomy is allowed again. That is a part of uh, don't don't ask, don't tell repeal. And the farm animal thing is just, I guess, a bonus. It's <laughs> just like, you know. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. You know, we're, we have to lose that laugh. <laughs> Believe me, Mickey would love nothing more. She hates well, it. Well, everybody in this family is, doesn't like it either. Really? Yeah. Well, what do I care? You should lose it. Mickey's going to get it. You guys are betting that we're going to leave Texas. You put in, you have a a whole, like a dead Yeah, but it's not part of the show. (laughs) Seattle, Washington, Communication 2020. John Adam in the morning from sunny Seattle. That's a laugh. $121.21. I appreciate how you spotlight so many, 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 many bits of silliness, malfeasance, and stupidity. I suggest you develop a feature on Bank of America. All we do is complain about them. They're going sideways in so many ways. I didn't write my address on a deposit slip or they won't put my money in my account at the local branch. And he's just complaining about Bank of America. But he did transfer his Bank of America money through PayPal to us. Nice. And then he said, waka, waka. Waka, waka. Keep up the good work. Uh, Ernie Ernst, uh, Sir Zengarten in Milan, Zurich, the banking center of the world, 111, wisely out of the EU, $111.11. This is a further donation made with the help of those who ordered the 111 Super Karma coin at noagendasuperkarma.com. Please boost some karma out to all those great producers. Noagendasuperkarma.com. Here we go. Sir Ernie. You got karma. Hold on. Karma. James Ogilvy in Simsbury, Connecticut, $111.11. Sarah Greer in Shikshini. Oh, that's uh, Sarah, Sarah from Sarah and, uh, and Michael. 
who uh, put so. us up in Shikshini there on Lake Shikshini during the Hot Pockets 2008 tour. Good, good Donating $111.11 is an early Christmas gift for my husband, Michael Greer. Also, thanks to you and Miss Mickey for your help with another Christmas gift for him. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he will love it when he sees it. <laughs> what might this be? Well, I'm not going to blow the surprise. Now, am I? $111.11. That's very Keith, kind, though. Sarah. Thank you very much. Bokler in uh, Covington, Louisiana. Cajun country, $84. Hi, John and Adam, long-time boner, first-time donor. Sorry the holidays have been so rough for the donations. Would just like a dash of karma for a web project I thought I had in the bag, but haven't heard back from the client. Oh, I hate it when that happens. You've got karma. You need to call in the uh, currydvoracconsultancy.com. Uh, Thanks for the, um, for the best podcast in the universe, he says. Hmm. That would be us. Justin Cohen in Grand Valley, Ontario, sixty nine ninety seven. Hey, JNA, I needed some karma because work was sucking, but because I was a producer, I just thought I should donate to get some. Well, the next day I picked up a six-month Microsoft contract. Okay, that's not so great, so I figured I better donate quick. However, I want to remind all producers that a single one-time $50 donation doesn't last forever, and such as such, I like to call it the following individuals as douchebags are not donating for a while. Here we go. And we'll do a douchebag after each one. Scott Thompson. Douchebag. Craig Cohen. <laughs> douchebag. Jeff Juniper. Douchebag. Richard Henderson. Douchebag. They're all douchebags and are ordered by me, <laughs> to me, by me, him, Justin, to do- donate $50 immediately. Or your no agenda karma will expire and you'll be kicked out of the Canadian Shockers Ham Radio Club. Oh, no. Thanks for keeping this show real, mofos. And remember, two in the air, one over there. He's handed some karma, as he deserves. You've got <clears throat> karma. <laughs> uh, Cole Calistra, North Attleboro, Massachusetts. Uh, John and Adam, thanks for the show and all your hard work listening to C-SPAN. So we don't have to. been a while since I last donated, so I was... It was time to re-up my Minuteman status. Please send out a big karma shot to my mother who's diagnosed with spinal <sighs> cancer. Oh, Fuck the cancer. Double nickels on the dime. You've got karma. There you go, mama. Also, double nickels on the dime from Michael Shimkus in Webster, New York. All 5469 from Michael A. Straight, straight in Akron, Ohio. Christopher Gray, 5439. Christopher Shue in St. Martin, Minnesota. During the holidays, people typically... Uh, tip others for the work they do, such as paper boys and mall carriers. I thought, why am I not tipping the two people that entertain me and inform me five hours a week? Week. Here's my tip for the wonderful service you provide. It's a 12 slash 25 backwards. Adios mofos. P.S. We'd like a birthday shout out and he's going to get one and he gave us for 221. So, so uh, is, we're getting tipped now like paper boys. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, mister. Thank you. Well, we'll make sure your paper's not wet. <laughs> uh, that's cool, man. I really do Big appreciate it. Double bag, it. the New York Times. But I, I don't see I don't see that as a as a tip. I see it as just purely supporting the show, which is important. Yeah, yeah. joining the cause. Chad Biterman in or it's Biterman in Round Lake, Illinois. Fifty dollars. Bruns or buddies at Bruns Clothing. I finally got in touch with me. Water down South Dakota. Fifty dollars. Here's a donation from Bruns Clothing for the first four no agenda trim jackets. Embroidery choices are so far have been. Trains good, planes bad. No agenda, Black Knight. Agent provocateur. 
<laughs> and no agenda show, which is the one I put on mine too. I have a, I've got a black. I didn't get anything on. I have the concealed carry pocket, but I don't have anything on the. I have on the, the two, I got a couple pockets, but I got. That. I put no agenda show in black on black. <laughs> do you have the? Uh, you, do you have the concealed carry pocket in yours? I don't know. I haven't gotten it yet. Uh, uh, Brunsclothing dot com, which is yeah, uh, Brunsclothing dot com, made in they, America. They, they, it's an American-made, handmade jacket that, that, that with all kinds of options. So if you're in a cold-weather area and you put that thermal stuff inside, you will never get be cold. What was, so, co- what was cool is, you know, I have uh, long arms, and so he gave me, you know, like a, an extra large, but then he put uh, an extra two and a half or three inches on the arms. So yeah, that, so they can nice. do all that stuff. Yeah, it's, it's like fantastic. a custom operation in China. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They're in Watertown, South Dakota. Anyone can do this. Yeah. And he's got the embroidery machines. I love that. Yeah. So you can probably have a big crest embroidered on the thing if you wanted, if you had the code. Dustin Kekta in uh, Gilbert, Arizona, $50. Kieran Burke in Framingham, Massachusetts, 50 bucks. Uh, Miroslava Kovac in Astoria, New York. My husband is a huge fan. He listens to each show. He also attended the NYNJ oh, yeah. meetup. His name is George Kovac. I made a donation in his name. Please send him some karma. I'm now in Europe with our baby, so I hope it will cheer him up. Oh, absolutely. That's so kind. You've got karma. Oh, that's love right there, man. That's love when you have to, like, donate to a show where you think is the two idiot paper boys. Just to make sure. <laughs> I'm sorry I did that. Tristan Lennon, Sir Tristan Lennon, Wagga Wagga Wagga, South New South Wales. Tristan Wilson Carrigan, seem to be some relationship in Padbury, both 50 bucks each. And yeah. finally, Von Klitschka in Salem, Oregon, longtime listener, first time D doucher. Please send a karma shot for my wife, Becky, who broke and fractured her wrist. Aww. Slipping on some ice, I give you a show, a shout out on our podcast, FreelanceRadio.com. Dedouching and a karma double shot right here for you. You've been dedouched. You've got karma. And we'll give her a... That's one mother I'd like to... On the ice. Also with Christopher Gray, I should maybe mention Sandra Gray, who uh, he seems to be related to, was on the same check that came in the mail. Rodney Adams should be added to the birthday list. His uh, donation came in later, be mentioned on, on Thursday, but his birthday was uh, last... Oh, is uh, that uh, Atomic Rod Adams? Yeah. Yes, Atomic Rod Adams, and he was listed, uh, birthday was yesterday, so we'll give him a birthday shout-out, so Adam. Mm-hmm. Got it. Adam, Adam. Uh, you got it, Johnny. And that'll be it for today's uh, 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 pe- the people who join the cause uh, with their donations and the and, contributions and, 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 let's and just tips. Not, let's, and tips. But let's not gloss over what we have done. Um, you do not have to watch news. You just don't have to watch it. I mean, I mean, you, you probably waste... How many hours do people waste with that idiot box in front of them getting like... You know, stupid Alec Baldwin, uh, friend, you know, war with friends, whatever, words with friends, PR pushed in down their throats. We actually, we gave you analysis that is out there that any press organization could give you. New York Times doesn't do it. PBS doesn't do it. Or National Treasure NPR doesn't do it. Here we are doing the work. And by the way, it's what we do. I have no other job. Yeah, I do. I do some like app show stuff. But, you know, this is what we do. If you like it, if you think it's of any value, and it should be able to get you laid at cocktail parties. I mean, it's just, I mean, come on. You got, people look smart when you know about this stuff. You just got to ease into it. Yeah, you got to be careful. You don't go saying, hey, man, that Hollywood thing, that was uh, acting. That's not going to work. 
That is not going to work. Now you start off a little easier. You go, don't you think it's a little peculiar that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you can kind of. We say need to do guidelines want. again, John. We need let to send people. Out. Let pe- we need a guidelines sheet. Let people kind of work it out for themselves as you kind of push them along the road. To uh, I, I was at the mechanics bank and uh, uh, setting up an account, and they uh, the, the the to hide to hide from your wife. Oh yes, the woman <laughs> who was the setting me up with the account. I gave her the no agenda card because now when I meet people, I give them a no agenda card so right, you guys should right. listen to this podcast. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And she says, oh, that's interesting. What is the show about? And I told her. And she said, oh, you know, it's funny because when I watch the news, I've heard this all bogus and it's like everything's a lie. And <laughs> really? And it's a bunch of people. Yeah, she went on and on like this. And I said, holy crap, you're like a no agenda listener. You should listen to this show. Who was show it? And Who was it? Who was it at the bank? Who was it? It was the little... Uh, I think she's either Vietnamese or Cambodian at the Albany branch. Oh, because we have, yeah. Um, uh, Dow, I think, is her name. What's, I don't a, have, I had her what's our girl? Story. Our girl is, um, oh, I'm blanking on it now for a second. Yeah, the, the, the big, beautiful black woman. What's her name? I don't know. Oh, oh yeah, her. She's the one, yeah, she does, you know, she, she like, won't listen to the she, won't get, she won't get off the phone if you call her. Yeah. Hi, you know, oh, how's Mickey? How's Miriam? Because she, you know, she has all the legal names. How's Miriam doing? And sometimes she says Mickey. And you know, how's your daughter? You know, she's, she's lovely. Stephanie. Stephanie Rogers. That's her name. Stephanie. She does everything. She's awesome. Like, it's okay. I, I know you guys are good for the money. <laughs> I know you'll get more money soon. <laughs> yeah, that's how bad it is, folks. All right. Uh, Dvorak.org slash N.A. We have a jingle to program your mind about that. Dvorak.org slash N.A. That is burned into your brain. That's where we accept all donations, support for the show, and tips for for keeping your paper dry. Uh, com. Pick up a slave t-shirt. Uh, by the way, uh, Eric DeShill, uh, could you please send one of those uh, uh, slave t-shirts cut for women? Because uh, Mickey wants to put it on the mannequin, on her, on her Barbie doll, as she calls it. She has a, a life-size Barbie doll. She wants to do some crazy pictures and stuff. And so we need a sexy one. And uh, obviously, channeldevork.com slash NA. Thank you all so much. It's your birthday, birthday. On no agenda. All right, Christopher Shue congratulates himself. 39 uh, today, Eric. Uh... Congratulates uh, Tanya Foster on her uh, 39th, and he says she's an awesome actress. Mike Nikolaychuk, I hope I'm pronouncing that uh, properly, uh, is uh, congratulating uh, douchebag Sean Money on his um, Sean Money Esquire, who turns 33 next week. And then, of course, Atomic Rod Adams, uh, our official uh, atomic uh, nuclear expert. He celebrated his birthday yesterday. And all of you, of course, will receive a card in the mail courtesy of the best podcast in the universe. It's your birthday, yeah. And then uh, it's always nice to be able to welcome uh, a new member to the uh, No Agenda, uh, the roundtable of the No Agenda Nights. And uh, Richard Scott Bagwell uh, today uh, came in and really saved the day in these slow times. Boiling Springs. That's right. So if you can just uh, draw your blade out there for a second. Thank you. I'm Richard Scott Bagwell. I think we should do an English accent for this one. Thanks to your support of the No Agenda podcast and the amount of $1,000 and more, actually. One, two, three, four, dot five, six. 
Please extend your, your, your middle finger and kneel, for I hereby proclaim thee Sir Rogers, Rod Richard Scott Bagwell, Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Sir Richard, please take your place here for your hookers and blow, your red boys and chardonnay, and your hot pants and booze. Lovely. He seems to be in Boiling Spring, Spartanburg, and Gaffney. He's a multi, All over the place. multi-dwelling dude, he is. All right. Um, so I, I did want to mention a couple of things. That, uh, yeah, I feel bad that I didn't go see Tanya. had a presentation at a local mm-hmm. bookstore, so we missed that. And uh, she, I know she listens all the time. Aww. And uh, and I, want, I don't know whether it was pronounced ta- Tanya. Tanya. Ta- I think it's Tanya. Tanya or Tonya. Could be Tonya. Could be, but I think it's, it's T-O-N. Tanya. I think it's Tanya. And uh, I have to go to, uh, there's something happening here in, uh, in Austin um, where there's going to be a welcoming party on, let's see what day is, I think it's Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday. A welcoming party for uh, Attorney General Eric Holder, who is coming Ooh, in to nice. visit at the LBJ. You won't get within a mile of the place. At the LBJ library. This guy listening right now is not going to let you near. <laughs> You're going to go in and heckle him. Yeah, Mike check. <laughs> Mike check. <laughs> uh, Austin's great, man. We went to the, uh, the farmer's market yesterday. There's a number of them around here. Wow, this was, you know, I've been to farmer's markets, but this it's a real farmer's market. The farmers are there. And, and, you know, they open up their truck and it's just, and the cool thing about it is they have a portable ATM so you can get dollars because, you know, you can't pay with credit cards or anything like that. And it's on the, like uh, around 4th or 5th Street in downtown Austin. And, um, you know, you get some eggs, you get it in a carton that has the chicken's name on it, who laid the eggs. Um, actually, uh, someone uh, sold me some, uh, sorrel, sorrel. What do you call it? Sorrel. Yeah, sorrel. I'd never tasted that before. Uh-huh. That's amazing. You liquefy that and you make it into a great sauce, which we poured over the chicken, which we bought, which is just outstanding. And everything is in round numbers. It's like two bucks. You know, it's four dollars. One dollar. When do you go there in August? We're in the height of the tomato season. Oh yeah, Texas, oh, Texas grows outstanding yeah, tomatoes and melons. And what was really cute? I was standing behind uh, at the at the chicken uh, the chicken lady. A dad with a couple kids, and the chicken was six dollars that he bought, and he only had five. And uh, and and she said, "Oh, we have a special today. Uh, there's a we have a special, and it's only five dollars." And uh, so they left, and I said, uh, "Here you have a special on the chicken." And she says, "You know, I just I would never want to embarrass a dad in front of his kids. So you know, I'd rather give it away." Then embarrass him that he doesn't have enough money to buy chicken. I'm like that was a beautiful thing. It was beautiful. That's, yeah, that's great. It really was. Did you buy a chicken from her? Absolutely, absolutely. You kidding me? Which we had last night with the sorrel as sauce. It was just outstanding, and it's great. You know, you like thirty bucks. You've done all your groceries for the week. <laughs> it's just outrageous. Prices are right. It's fantastic. Loving it here. And then we went to South Congress to do. Uh, they you know, have real around. farmers markets in most of the deep South. Yeah, and Texas. Yeah, they have several, uh, uh, and not just on the weekend. You know, not just like some 
BS like oh, let's go, uh, let's go to the farmers market. Oh, the classic farmers market in the San Francisco Bay Area is the one at the Ferry Building in San Francisco, which is on Thursdays and Saturdays or Tuesdays and Saturdays. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the two days. Down by and the, it the is water. A joke. Yeah. I mean, it's it's everything is jacked up. Japped up it's prices. Like, instead of paying like you know, you can go to any vegetable market and get a peach for you know buck fifty to two dollars a pound. These peaches are three ninety five right. a pound. They're the same peaches. Totally jacked up. It's all bull crap. With it. It's organic. It's organic. It's organic. No, it's not. It's full it's of crap. It's all jacked up. The yeah. prices are, and it's all the women that are roaming around. They're all from Pacific Heights. They don't know <sighs> what a farmer's market is. With their Chanel bags. And they're wandering around. Ooh, I can so I'll take two tomatoes. That'll be six dollars. <laughs> That'll be nineteen ninety five, please. You, but you can use your credit card. No, you can't do any of that. So this is beautiful. It was a total reaffirmation of how happy we are to be here. Meanwhile, uh, John, and we're about to get into our presentation. Um, um, I actually wrote a blog post about this, you know, as pre- as predicted, and I think it might even be in the red book. I'm I'm not sure uh, that the uh, the ESM, which I've dubbed the European Screwing Mechanism, uh, although it stands for Stability Mechanism, uh, has now been accelerated, moved forward, and uh, they created the big Euro Pact. Uh, the, the compact, I'm sorry. It's called a compact, and I'm going to try and understand why, uh, which uh, Britain has bowed out of. I want to do a little bit of analysis. I don't believe there was there a Dvorak Horowitz unplugged this week. I didn't see one come through. Yes, there was. Crap. Damn it. All right. Uh, so you guys might have talked about this. If not, uh, or even if you haven't, please listen to that show. It's uh, very entertaining. Um, here is Haiku Herman. Uh, explaining the uh, new slavery that is going to be introduced into Euroland. The 17 member states of the Eurozone and already many others are committed to a new fiscal compact. Now, I looked up the word fiscal compact. Uh, I can't find it anywhere. And and it's it's a trick. It's obviously a trick. Because I don't understand what compact means. I know there's a makeup compact that women it use. It means a, a, an agreement, but it's used in the, it must have some uh, some secondary Le- it meaning has, it has a le- or, or code. It has a legal legal name, believe me. It's a legal thing. It means it's binding and you're screwed. A new European fiscal rule to be transposed in national legislation. It is about more fiscal discipline. <laughs> discipline? More automatic sanctions. <laughs> Punishment if you're a sinner. Stricter surveillance. Stricter surveillance. We will be surveilling you here. An intergovernmental treaty will make this agreement binding. In combination with secondary legislation and the firm political commitments, this will give the fiscal compact its full force. Mm-hmm. More- uh, uh, okay, I've Wait. got the uh, definition here in the free dictionary, the legal dictionary. Uh, an agreement, treaty, or contract is like a treaty. The term compact is most often applied to agreements among states or between nations on matters in which they have a common concern. The Constitution, the U.S. Constitution, contains the compact clause, which prohibits one state from entering into a compact with another state without the consent of Congress. Ah, so it's a legal term because they couldn't call it a treaty because if it was a treaty, then everyone would have to vote on it. We'd have referendums, which means the people would have to go and vote on it. It would take 10 years and no one wants to have that and everything comes melting down. So, yeah, it's an agreement that they can get away with right. without so, having to... Yeah, a little more of Haiku Herman here. Moreover, this treaty will be open to non-Eurozone countries. 
except for one, all are considering participation. Then early March, at the latest, this fiscal compact treaty will be signed. Uh -huh. The ESM treaty for its part, will be finalized in the coming days. All right. So this is where I was like, oh, boy. All right. So the ESM Treaty, and there's a blog post that I wrote about this, and there's a video you should see which explains in three minutes. It's in German with uh, English subtitles. <clears throat> but I'll just run through this for a second, and then we have to consult. Uh, uh, the consulting group has to get into action here. So um, the only country that bowed out of, uh, of this compact is Britain, and that's very important, and I'll tell you why in a moment. So I read the uh, the Fiscal Compact Agreement, uh, which is also in the show notes. You can get the PDF there. It's marked up for your convenience. Um, so this ESM, European Stability Mechanism, which forces all countries to immediately pony up 700 billion euros, uh, which is open-ended, they're, they've put a new, and this, so this was supposed to start in 2013. Now they're going to sign it in a few days. So this has been moved forward, accelerated, and I believe on purpose. A little extra line here in the compact. In order to ensure the ESM is in a position to take the necessary decisions in all, circumstancing, all circumstances, voting rules in the ESM will be changed to include an emergency procedure. Mm hmm. The mutual agreement rule will be replaced by a qualified majority of 85% in the case the Commission and the ECB, the European Central Bank, conclude that an urgent decision related to financial assistance is needed when the financial aid, when the financial and economic sustainability of the euro area is threatened. In other words, uh, in order to bail out the banks, uh, now only 85% of the uh, eurozone vote is needed. And this is a, a, the uh, QMV, the Qualified Voting Majority, which was agreed to in the Treaty of Nice. It gives everyone a, a weight. So uh, basically, France and Germany would only need one more country to have the majority. And that could be Italy, Spain, uh, Poland, or a combo of two smaller states like Greece and the Netherlands. So in other words, if, th if they decide that the slaves in Europe have to pay more taxes to Brussels above and beyond the, the initial 700 billion euros, which has still not been paid in, um, then uh, they can just say, oh, pff, you know, the three of us say you have to do it. Now, Britain bowed out of this, and I think there's a reason why. Uh, the official reason, of course, is that they would not get any protections for the city of London, which is its own country unto itself. It's not really a part of Britain. Um and I believe it's because the United Kingdom and the United States of America are actually working in tandem to ruin the euro. And uh, I think now it's time to uh, talk to our uh, Obama administration, uh, John. Uh, I think we need to. I think we need to do our little uh, pitch here. So how they can, uh, how they should play things out over the next, uh, over the next couple of uh, months or a year. Are you ready? Well, <clears throat> yeah. Just, just follow my lead. Okay. I mean, just put your uh, your pinch nase on. You just ha nope. you, you're just the professor. Right. You just have to look good. Yes. Oh, hi, uh, hi, Mr. President. Uh, oh, Valerie Jarrett's here. Nice to see you. And uh, hey, Goolsby, I, I thought you were kicked out. Oh, you're here anyway. Okay. Uh, uh, Jean Claude Dvorak is my uh, esteemed uh, colleague here. He is professor. Hello. He is professor in uh, 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 particularly in history, bookcrapology, bookcrapology, and bogativity, and uh, he also completely understands fractals and history. So um, we'd like to uh, John uh, Jean Claude, could you please? Please hit the lights. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, first slide, please. Okay. 
So here on this slide, you see uh, what normally takes place and where we believe you should go. Uh, we believe that you should uh, have all countries in the world go into more debt. And we really need to spin this debt up. Really, really, everyone has to own, you know, has to owe all kinds of money to the banks. And uh, here on the next slide, next slide, please. Next, thank you. On the next slide, you see uh, what the collateral will be. Now, Jean-Claude, uh, could you please explain typically what countries uh, put up as collateral when they borrow money? Well, they should put up their entire country, actually. Yes. Uh, the buildings, the uh, especially the resources. Mm-hmm. And also uh, any uh, any contracts and obligations with other countries probably should be uh, taken uh, and put into a escrow account so we can control them. Great. And yeah. then um, mm-hmm. and then uh, the, then there'll be a long process of repaying the debt uh, at a very exorbitant interest rate. In such a way that it actually can't be repaid. Right, That's right, right. So, so of course, uh, what uh, my esteemed colleague is saying is that in in history, throughout history, I think Jean Claude is, is saying this. Uh, next slide, you'll see it here. Uh, that typically, when a country then uh, will have to default, then uh, I, I believe is it uh, who will become the owner of uh, all these uh, all these resources and buildings, and in Greece's case, uh, even the assets of uh, the Olympic Games, which are. Well, it now- depends on how we structure it, but I would say probably the IMF and yes, behalf of yes. a bunch of big banks. Yes, very good. Right. And Goldman Sachs, of course, but, would be involved. But what will they own? They will own all of that, right? They'll they'll own basically everything. own the place, right? And then and let's just uh, let's let's take a little. Uh, Example here in the United States of Gitmo Nation. Next slide, please. Okay, uh, here we have California. So California, if they were to default, um, what would happen? Uh, would who would own California, and who would be able to tell California what to do? Would that be the same people, Jean Claude? It would be a bank, uh, a bank consortium. Great. Great. So we believe... And by the way, and these banks, what really makes the money here is that you push everybody out of their homes and then collect all the... And then depress the housing prices as much as possible, even though there's a shortage of housing and there's a population growth, but the prices are down. So you push the... Collapse the market and then take up all the properties Mm -hmm. and make sure you put in some legislation so you can't be taxed. The property tax doesn't really apply to the bank that right, now owns the building, right. so we just default on that too. And then grab all the property you can at a really low price, and then start once it's all completely collapsed and everybody's out of their houses. You can start doling the houses back in, crank the prices up, now make them valuable, and then and then collect all the money that's uh, all the huge profits to be made in this deal. As you can see, this is why the Curry Dvorak Consultancy is exactly the people who should be advising you through the collapse of the entire uh, global financial and economic system. Um, So we believe the timing for this, the timing, uh, we think should be around September or... I think let's keep it at September. It could be August, September. Uh, this is when uh, we will have more downgrades. Of course, we'll uh, next slide, please. Uh, this is where we will have uh, downgrades from uh, the Standards and Poor's and all your other friends in the ratings agencies, uh, which will essentially uh, collapse the entire market. Jean Claude, that is the plan, right? That's how we decided to do that. I like the downgrade scheme. Okay, the downgrade scheme we think is very good. Uh, now. You have done a fantastic job, and uh, and oh, hello, Lucifer. Thank you for being here, uh, Lucifer Clinton. You've really done a great job with demonizing uh, Iran. Uh, we think the uh, 
the United Nations report, which contained nothing about nuclear weapons. We thought it was a stroke of genius to say that you had uh, tens of thousands of pages from other countries claiming that Iran has the bomb. Uh, by the way, nice touch on the drone. That is really fantastic. We really like that. Next slide, please. So the IMF, of course, will then own everything. You are in the pockets of the IMF. But then, Mr. President, there is one minor issue, and that is your uh, follow-on election. We know that you wanted to quit. Um, we, have, we have a real uh, issue because the bankers will need you to stay on. And, of course, your ratings are at an all-time low. Uh, here at the Curry-Devorah Consultancy Group, we, have, uh, we think it's a brilliant strategy. Again, I go to my esteemed colleague, historian, uh, Professor Dvorak. Here's his uh, his slide on the matter. Uh, when the economy collapses, what is the best thing to do, John? Uh, Jean Claude, we have seen this, uh, I think, two times in recent history. I think that uh, Haiku Herman, for the benefit of the uh, the success of this plan, needs to uh, probably uh, have a fake assassination. Um, and that would be the start uh, to what we believe should be the war against Iran. In fact. Uh, we think if you can collapse the economy with your ratings agency scam in September, what comes after September? Here it is. You've seen this before. Yes, we call it the October surprise. And we believe that that is, that is the moment when you should strike Iran. Uh, Jean-Claude, will you please explain the historical significance of the October surprise? Uh, it's Well, it's, it's been done so many times that it's become a fractal. Things always happen in October. And it, that's to prepare the masses for the... Uh, uh, or for the insiders to know that, you know, you, in October, you always have to be on your toes. And uh, is it not true that in the United States of Gitmo Nation, uh, the elections typically take place in November, which uh, we have the slide here, which in the uh, Western system comes after October. And I believe Jean-Claude will back me up as a historian that um, a sitting U.S. president has never been ousted from power during a time of war. Is that correct, Jean-Claude? This is true, yes. Good point. So, uh, final slide, please. There you have it. This is our logo. This is our website, uh, currydvoraconsultancy.com. Uh, we hope you will consider our proposal, and uh, you can just click on dvorak.org slash na to donate uh, to the cause. Uh, lights, please. Thank you. Well, that went 10 minutes too long, but... Uh... <laughs> That would be our last passion play, I want to warn people. Our last what? Passion play. Passion play? Yeah. What do you mean? It was, a, it was a play. It was a passion play. It was yeah. a type of play that they used to uh, do in the uh, Greek and Roman times. Yes. Well, we're both yeah. old enough to have Tend to be that. corny. Yeah. Well, it was corny, but I think uh, that you can put that uh, passion play in the Red Book. You know, I, I called the AT and T. So this is basically a long-winded prediction that there were, that the European Union is going to attack Iran, or or we are in October of this year, after, or no, October twenty twelve. Yes, after the global collapse around September. Yeah. Well, that's a, yeah. it's a possibility. I believe that the global collapse will take. They won't be able to hold it back, and it's going to begin in January. They're gonna they're gonna have to hold it back. It, they're, I, they're holding it back now, and they're just to get through Christmas. They're having nothing but trouble. <laughs> uh, I, I, I had to call the AT and T guy to turn on my daughter's uh, text messaging in Europe because I like I'm like no way I'm not gonna let you rack up another bill with your freaking iPhone. And uh, and then the guy is just like he just went he did 
I can't remember what it was, but he's, oh, he said, you have no idea. I said, there's so many people over in Europe right now, and they all want the text messaging plan, and they're all, like, uh, going to... I don't know, this thing going on there, like some, uh, this, like something really big about the financial industry. And I said, yeah, well, it's this whole save the euro thing. He said, yeah, yeah, that's right. And I had a guy, uh, and so the guy just starts talking to me. And he's in Oklahoma. He says, uh, you know, I had a guy who uh, works with the Federal Reserve, and he says, oh, you have no idea. It's all going to collapse. It's all going to come down. It's all, it's, you know, it's, the whole thing is all effed up. It's, it's crazy. We're all screwed. And this guy's like, well, I'm glad I'm in Oklahoma. We got 10 guns for every person here. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm a te- Tejas, baby. So it's everywhere. It's everywhere. We'll bear, I, I hope Comcast and Time Warner can stay on the air so we can have a show. Yeah, what happens if they? Well, they will. There's, a, you know, it's only affects really the. Uh, uh, <laughs> they're they're going to be in business because the big media companies, you know, are part of the whole plant scheme right, of things, and they're not yeah, going to. That's true. That's stop. True. They may be uh, throttling. Yeah. Here's some more guys on Skype. Let's put the screws to them. <laughs> Did you hear uh, Bunky Moon? He must be listening to the show. Bunky Moon. Yeah, Bunky Moon. Yeah, what do you say? Homophobic bullying of young people constitutes a grave violation of human rights. Brother. And people get mad when we talk about this stuff. Oh, we had a couple of people quit. They said, you know, I'm unsubscribing your show. You hate gays. Mm. What was the one I was in the last spreadsheet? It was like some guy went a huge rant. He had a couple. We should probably. Um, no, he's like, uh, I'm never listening to your show again because you're anti-gay. It's like, hello, I'm bi-curious. What the hell are you talking about? This is bull crap. I said, Adam is very pro-gay. Yeah, extremely pro-gay. The opposite. Yeah. And uh, But, you know, uh, homophobic bullying of young people, that is not a violation of human rights. I'm sorry. It's, that's bull crap. It is just not. It's not nice. It's, it's dumb. It's ignorant uh, and probably done by people who actually have gay tendencies. That's usually the way it goes. Yeah. To look at the Republicans in our own <laughs> in our own government, all against gays. And then they're like, you know, tapping feet in the in the in the restroom for a quick BJ. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, this is preacher, that big preacher. Did, there was a documentary about the guy. And he was completely gay. But this is uh, this is very very dangerous because this will eventually remove the right to free speech. Bullying is of this kind is not restricted to a few countries, but goes on in schools and local communities in all parts of the world. Mister Bunky Moon said in a message delivered uh, by the Assistant General for Human Rights, Ivan Imanovich, to a panel discussion on ending violence and discrimination based on sexual orientation. Well, violence, of course, is, is illegal. It's illegal. The violence is illegal. Yeah, well, it's illegal already. So what, why add the proviso? Because it's about removing your right to say anything. That's exactly what it is. I'm going to read a, uh, a note from someone who said, uh, I'm going to do this once in a while, but I don't encourage it. Okay. Uh, Sir Chasen R- Rozdilski sent in a, a small donation, but he was drunk. So he, I thought <laughs> this was... He forgot so a zero? <laughs> This was last week. Uh, he says, okay, so I know this won't get aired on the show, but and I think he wants some karma. That's the reason I'm bringing this up because I think we should probably help him out here because if you listen to his plea, you'll see why. Okay. I don't know this won't get out on the show, but I'm a college student who is drunk 
<laughs> as a Rick Perry at a debate in a neck deep in debt, but the Coors Light is making life a lot easier. I'm right in the middle of episode 360, the Anderson Pooper episode, and I need to redact my douche status. If you can think about giving my friend Samantha, known as Sam Karma, because she's going through a bad breakup of a boyfriend of almost four years, and send me some karma because I haven't had sex in 14 months. Wow. And maybe this might increase my chances. If this works, in other words, if you have sex with Sam, yeah. I will send you a magical sixty-nine, sixty-nine to show my thanks. So I think it's worth the investment. <laughs> You've got karma. Can you just, just imagine, like you're Samantha and you hear this? <laughs> like what? What? Well, he's a knight. He can do these. No, he's actually his fifth. He's not really a knight. He wants oh. to be a knight. Uh, right. We'll call him. Right. So anyway, that's just a little call out for somebody out there in, in trouble. So normally this would be under uh, Drone Nation, but actually uh, I, I think that uh, it's more under... All aboard, trains good, planes bad. A lot of drone news uh, popping up. Yeah. And, and, the, and there's a couple of irritating ones. Here's the first one. Uh, Popular Mechanics, which we know is a total New World Order shill publication. Uh, who uh, you know they, they think steel buildings uh, on fire uh, evaporate? <clears throat> uh, they uh, wrote their report of Air France four quatre quatre sept four four seven. This is the, uh, the 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 Airbus that went down, uh, you know, in a crazy manner. So they give the the transcript and everything, and they draw the following conclusion: <clears throat> after this accident. The million-dollar question, I don't know why it's a million, because they're popular mechanics, I guess they know, but it makes sense. The million-dollar question is whether training, instrumentation, and cockpit procedures can be modified all around the world so that no one will ever make this mistake again, or whether the inclusion of the human element will always entail the possibility of a catastrophic outcome. So they are now on board with the unmanned uh, uh, aerial vehicles. Then we have the IEEE. Now, this is an engineering organization. Is that correct, John? The, uh, yeah, they're the big ones. The, the, and, and it, IEEE, as I it's referred to by the insiders. So they have a, a website, a magazine, Spectrum. And here is uh, their quote that they got from the CEO of Boeing uh, Airlines. In the sphere of commercial flight, too, automation has thinned the cockpit crew from five to just the pilot and the co-pilot, which is actually the first officer, whose jobs it has greatly simplified. Do we even need those two? Many aviation experts think not. Where was this? This is in the IEEE spectrum. Oh, brother. It's in the show notes, of course. A pilotless airliner is going to come. It's just a question of when, said James Alba president and CEO of Boeing Commercial Airlines in a talk he gave in August at the AIAA Modeling and Simulation Technologies Conference. I missed that one. In Portland. Last quote. You'll see it in freighters first over water, probably landing very close to the shore. So this entire drone thing is a setup. We will fly on drone. Uh, everything's going to be a drone. In fact... Uh, the police in, where was this, Nelson County, Washington, armed with a search warrant, Nelson County Sheriff Kelly Janke went looking for six missing cows on the Brossard Farm in the early evening of June 23rd. 
three men brandishing rifles chased him off, he said. Janky knew the, gu- the gunman could be anywhere on the 3,000-acre spread in East North Dakota. Fearful of an armed standoff, he called in reinforcements from the State Highway Patrol, a regional SWAT team, a bomb squad, ambulances, and deputy sheriffs from three other countries. He also called in a Predator B drone. This was some guys who just said, get off my property? Yeah, because he was because six cows went missing. They pulled so they they called in a pred not just a, like a little camera thing a predator drone. <laughs> I what mean, a waste of the taxpayers' money. Oh. It's all going to end when we're dead, broke, and bankrupt as a country. So this. Um, so you, but you, by what you're saying or implying, I would think about the whole the Iranian thing, which we're going to have to talk about for a minute. Yep. Uh, and I do have a clip. Good. Which kind of sets up the whole thing, and it's got a couple misleading pieces of information. It's on done by Anderson Pooper. Mm, of course. Uh, was that these things are so amazing, these drones, and that you could imagine a pilotless aircraft because it was, it was sit, parked on the tarmac with his, with his wheels down, and it apparently landed in the middle of the desert. No problem. Didn't get dented. Nope. How did that work? The stolen drone, you mean? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, it has its own uh, tweeter address. You realize that, right? The drone. No, you got me on that one. <laughs> the drone is tweeting. You sure? Oh. <laughs> sure, it's not just a hoax. If you just really, yeah. <laughs> it's very, very funny, actually. Uh, I forget what's a hoax. Yeah, of course it's a hoax, but the drone is saying stuff like, boy, this lack of uh, sleep mode deprivation is really getting to me. You know, yeah, he's okay. tweeting anyway, Back to stuff. the story. Okay. So you, let, set up your clip, and then uh, I have uh, information well, here's from a clip our insider. That's the background. For people who didn't follow this, this lost drone, this drone is apparently we have a drone, uh, a stealth drone that somehow, instead of going through its fail-safe, process in other words it lost contact with the with the uh with headquarters it should uh, immediately at that point return home return Re- home return it base. goes right into uh the uh, gps mode turns around and goes home and lands that's what they do that's what they're coded to do and that's why if you have them flying around the u.s and you can send a any sort of beam, a scrambling beam up and aim it at them it'll just turn them off and they go away and uh, then if it wasn't if there was something really bad with it would have crashed and uh, or you or would have landed in the middle of nowhere and not necessarily giving out a signal where it was, but somehow it landed right in a in somebody's you know backyard and they Iranians picked it up and rolled it over to the uh, didn't take off again or anything. I mean, this whole thing is just so weird. Bob, that, but here's the clip. Do you agree with that, that? That this is technology that the Iranians might share with the Russians, the Chinese? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if, if the Iranians themselves can't get into this and figure out how it works, they'll invite the Chinese in from one of these parastatal companies. They'll look at it. And this is extremely damaging because this drone had, you know, thermal imaging cameras. Uh, the resolution on the photography is, is very, very good. And as we know, it's the same drone that was used to surveil bin Laden's compound before the raid. (laughs) What? I didn't know that. It's bogus. (laughs) A key role in collecting intelligence, as it does against Iranian nuclear facilities. So, Bob, uh, I mean, countries like China, Russia, they don't have this drone technology already? Uh, Not this good, no. No. We we, we truly are at the best. We've been working on it for 10 years. It's been a key element in the war in in Afghanistan and Iraq and over the tribal areas of Pakistan. I think this is another intelligence catastrophe. Yeah, well, no. 
So uh, I spoke to my insider uh, who uh, works uh, in Virginia. Enough uh, said. Enough said, right? And uh, so I said, hey, is this uh, is because obviously, you know, the drone should have flown home. So the only thing that could have happened is that uh, someone intercepted the signal and then steered the drone away and then had it land. They would have to have all the decryption and encryption information, well, assuming, well, rem- assuming it's encrypted. Re- thank you. Remember that uh, I, I think we re- re- relayed it on the show that often uh, it's so buggy that they just turn off the encryption just to be able to fly the thing. So I uh, contacted the drone insider and uh, the drone insider. And I'm just going to quote verbatim about your question. I think the people running the drones are super incompetent and have too much going on when it comes to academics supporting them with intelligent solutions. Then they don't even know how to manage it after they acquire it. Sometimes they get this research software, get it almost free, and don't even update it. Also, anything leaked to the media is always an inside job. I can't even confirm if this stolen drone crap is true. And I'll take that as they don't have no drone. They didn't get no drone. It's all just another PR campaign. Well, that would make more sense than what we're hearing. This drone lands pristine condition. We see a bunch of pictures of it, but who sent us the pictures? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just another thing to slam Iran. So we have another thing against them. I we have we heard anything? Do is there any Iranians that listen to our show? Or is there anybody that would maybe this is is this news and on the Iranian Iranian media? We can figure that out. We'll look at that maybe after the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, or and then again, you know, the whole thing it could have been a real drone that they do have that has got nothing going on. I mean, just like let's take this cool drone and. <laughs> Give it to them. This is a cool drone, man. Hey. It's a cool drone. Let's send it to Iran. Let them, let it land over there. Act all like it's like a lost orb, lost puppy. And keep put a bunch of gear and crazy things in there that, that you know, says weird stuff on it, like, you know, thermal imager. And it's got, like, some crazy circuit in there. It's really an old, you know, Z80 computer or something. And let them, let them suffer with it. It's a BBC Spectrum. I mean, it could be a... <laughs> misinformation drone you put that you know why not i mean and then they can also see what the where the channel is are, are the, does it end up in china is there something coded so when you turn the circuit on does it send a signal to the internet and say okay here i am move me to china i'm in china china i mean there's lots of ways of doing that that's what i would do and you set it up so the whole thing is a honeypot right Let's see if the Russians and the Chinese or the Chinese are in bed with Iran uh, exchanging technology. This is one way of finding out. There is hope, though. Uh, we were having a coffee at uh, at Joe's uh, yesterday. I was sitting next to a guy, and he's like, you know, it's, it's kind of an outside thing. We're drinking coffee. And I say, is that a Kindle Fire? He says, no, no, that's a Nook. I thought it was a Kindle Fire. Yeah, they look very similar. Yeah, and then he said something about it as a pilot. I'm like, oh, you're a pilot? And uh, so he's actually the FAA check airman for um, Falcon uh, pilots. And uh, so we're talking and uh, he has like three. He's older. He has three kids in the in the debate team who were he's from Dallas. So they were uh, debating in uh, in Austin and, uh, you know, whatever. It came around to some no agenda crap. And he says, you know, my kids, they they think all this drone stuff is just to get us all used to the fact that we're going to be surveilled all the time. And I'm like, wow, that's so that's nice. The the new generation, and even though they don't give a crap, yeah, that's the thing. They all say, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't give a crap. They will give a crap eventually, just like the British kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They will. They and will. this non-violence thing, 
that's going to end. Uh, two more iterations of this, this of these protests, which will happen mm-hmm. uh, at some point. It's going to that's going to be the end of it. We're going to hear what when I get some clips from this uh, special uh, report. These kids are like burning stuff down on purpose. Uh, last item for me: the National Institute of Standards and Technology, known as NIST. Based near Washington, D.C., near would be, uh, you know, like in Spooktown, is expected to conclude its long-awaited report this month that will state that ordinary fires caused uh, World Trade Center 7 to collapse, which would make it the first and only steel skyscraper in the world to collapse because of fire. WTC said it won't go away. So the Ministry of Truth. Uh, before yeah, before we finish the show, I, a couple of things. One, I want to remind people if they're in the mood for uh, joining the cause, uh, joining the show, actually, and, and donating. Uh, tomorrow is 12-12-11. Well, today is, if you're in Europe. 12-11-11. Today is 11-12-11. 11-12-11 if you want to do it that way. Yeah. And tomorrow is 12-12-11? Or or twelve twelve eleven either one yeah it's either twelve twelve eleven or twelve twelve eleven if you want to flip the <laughs> date in the month. <laughs> Thank you for that. All right, so um, uh, I want to mention a couple of things before you finish this. One, there is no Syria in the news. No, I know at all no. in terms of the New York Times. They just completely bumped it. I can't. can't I looked and looked. I couldn't find it yeah, in the Saturday. Syria has been voted off the island. But there was a very good article. People should go check out the. National section of the uh, New York Times on uh, page six in the Sunday paper, and they they are making the Salafis, which are a radical group of Islamists that are essentially the Wahhabists, into what sounds like a political party when they're not. And you should read that article, and I'm going to try to dissect it for the next show. Nice. Well, so we have work to do. We only have a few days to do it. Uh, please remember us in these uh, quieter times. Uh, support the show at Dvorak.org slash N-A. Are you on the Twitch today? Nope. Okay. I'm, I'm not good. In fact, we have the one last uh, uh, Dvorak Horowitz on Tuesday, and then the rest of the year I'm not uh, doing anything except the No Agenda show. And it's, we're happy you do it. So um, people should. And, and, and the Horowitz show, uh, you should probably tack it onto the stream sometime this week. Yeah, No Agenda producer update is next on the live stream with Paul the Book Guy and uh, Sir Jimmy from uh, FreeHollowBooks.com. We'll be back on Thursday right here on uh, No Agenda. My name's Adam Curry in the morning, everybody. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where uh, the weather's actually quite nice for uh, this time of